getting you through your workday one hour at a time. This is Afternoons with Staffy on SENZ. G'day team, welcome into your Thursday, we hit the 3rd of August already. Big old day today, studio guests, I always enjoy having a studio guest, actually more on that very shortly. All Blacks team are being named at 12.30, we'll touch on that at 12.30. I'm going to let you marinate on the selections for half an hour and then we'll chuck the lines open at 1 o'clock and we can debate, remonstrate, regurgitate, hyperventilate about what Ian Foster's doing with the All Blacks team to take on the Wallabies inside the glass dome that is Forsyth Bar Stadium down in Dunedin. Cannot wait. Quite a few people predicting a lot of changes. So get ready. Fire up at one o'clock. Uh, two o'clock, Tony Johnson will join us from Sky Sport. Obviously, we'll go over that team selection, what he thinks it means for certain positions. The Australian team's already been named. Tate McDermott's going to be captain. First time he's captained them. Uh, same backline as last week and about four changes, positional and a couple of injury-enforced forward pack changes for the Wallabies as well. But we'll make one to two the big dig deep on this test match. Um, so Tony Johnson, and we'll also touch on NPC Rugby, which starts up very soon as well. In fact, on um, Friday night, double game on Friday night. We'll also play Show Me The Money. We've got the chase. We'll go back in the day. But it's time to welcome in our studio guest now, uh, Sarah Kelt. Welcome in, Sarah. Thank you. It's nice to be here. Therapist, mental skills coach, hypnotherapy. I don't know if you tap wrists to get rid of headaches and everything like that. A lot of people see a lot of what you do as a little bit of mumbo jumbo. Mm. But that's on first look. I think on second look, I think it's very necessary. Now, we, we know a lot of sports teams have mental skills coaches because of the pressure, the expectation of performance, playing in front of 50,000. We're seeing these footballers um, at the FIFA Women's World Cup, the weight of expectation on them. For athletes, how important do you feel mental skills are in completing or competing at the highest level? Incredibly important. Without um, self-belief and good mental skills or mindset, uh, it's very hard to, c- to keep yourself competing at that high level. The expectation, as you said, um, not just from your own self, but from your family, from your fans, from your team is a lot, a lot of pressure. Um, uh, but also just keeping yourself at that level of performance every time you play is very intense. And so working on your mental health as well as obviously your physical health is uh, critically important. Because the physical health can sort of be sorted... Uh, with external factors like going to the gym and physios and GPs and 
nutritionists and that. But mental health is your own responsibility, right? And I've heard a number of All Blacks, and I'm, I'm picking on them because they're highest profile side, mm. uh, attributing Gilbert Anoka, who is their mental skills coach, he's been with them a long, long, long time, saying without him they wouldn't play as well. But the number one thing is the person themselves, do they have to stick their hand up? Because I, I feel like in that team environment it's given to them. When you're yep. not in that team environment, you've got to go and get it yourself. Yeah, exactly. You have to you have to make the choice yourself to, to choose to seek support, to better yourself, to uh, find better strategies because um, we're not kind of taught this stuff in schools uh, and we should be because your mind is a superpower uh, and we should be taught about you know the, the power of that mind and how you can enhance it and use it to your benefit. Um, so yeah, if you aren't in and don't, or don't have the support of those um, top level teams um, and, and everything that they've got in their physical, mental, emotional well-being, um, yeah, you've got to go and seek it yourself. And um, that can be scary. Now, I know you've worked with top-level athletes, and, of course, we won't be mentioning any names here, folks, just for confidentiality. No. Where's their biggest challenge? Is it while they're competing and while they're athletes, or is it the transition to post-athletic career? I believe that it's the transition to post-athletic career because especially if you're playing at a high level, you do have that support. It's naturally there. You don't need to go and seek it. Um, and you're enveloped in that whole environment. When you leave, whether you're dropped, whether you retire, um, for whatever reason, after you leave, um, that tends to be the what now? Um, I don't I don't have my team to fall back on. I don't have those uh, mentors to fall back on. Um, and they kind of feel a little bit lost. And that's when things can unravel a little bit. Um, so yeah, I believe it's it's after um, the career is finished, that it's the hardest time. Everyday people, the man and the woman in the street, um, we, we're talking more and we're always saying we have to talk more about stress, anxiety, depression, um, you know, the rate of suicide, all, all of this sort of stuff. Is it more prevalent now in your experience or is it more talked about now? Ooh, that's a good question. I think um, I think it's a little bit of both, actually. I think it's more prevalent now because I think there is there is so much more stress strain. You know, you know, we put so much pressure on ourselves to be high achievers, to do it all, to have it all, to be it all. Um, so I think that's part of it. Uh, but also, thankfully, it is being more talked about, and I think people are there's less taboo around not being okay. You know, the the expression "it's okay to not be okay," um, reaching out for support is okay. So I think it's it's a little bit of both, actually. Um, a mutual friend of ours, Aaron, and if he's listening out there at the moment, Aaron, happy birthday to you, champion. 41 years old today, you absolute champion. Um, he came to me with an idea of doing a pod podcast called We're All Effed. Yeah, <laughs> we um, are. You see a lot of um, people who externally look like they've got their stuff together, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, how many people do you think out there are holding on to – I've labelled it a secret in inverted commas, or who have a problem, who have an issue, that without intervention they might not be able to help. Now, this can be athletes, this can be your bus driver, your farmer, that yeah. sort of thing, who aren't operating at their optimum. Um, I believe at every everybody has troubles or issues or struggles at some point in their life. Obviously, some people have more struggles and troubles during the course of their lives, but um, I think a lot of people... Um, 
are holding themselves back from reaching their highest potential because of the fear of, you know, um, they might look like they've got it um, all going on. Um, and there's guilt and shame about the fact that everything looks all shiny and glittery and gold in my life, but I don't feel great or I've got this really bad anxiety or depression or I'm drinking too much. Mm. Um, and so, yeah. Mm. It's interesting. I've got a she, – she's not an athlete. She's a very, very high-achieving artist. Oh, yeah. And her Instagram life – looks amazing mm, yes. amazing partner beautiful dogs amazing house with views does cool stuff does amazing things yeah. and a couple of weeks ago i said geez you look things are looking great how's things going she goes my life's terrible mm. and she said i was the first person she told her about i'm not going to tell her what her issues were but i was just like wow that's yeah there's a shame is there a shame or a perceived shame in people saying um, I'm battling. I think there is. Yeah, I think people, before they actually admit it, there is shame. But actually, most most of the time when people do admit it and take action to do something about it, they feel this huge sense of relief. Um, and what I encourage my clients to do is actually talk about what's going on. Like having the courage to be vulnerable um, is tough. But once you are vulnerable, it, or you know, talk about your stuff to somebody, um, whether it's a friend or a professional, um, it actually, um, especially if it's a friend in a, in a you know non-professional environment, it gives them the opportunity to also open up about their stuff. Like pe- people are very guarded; mm. they don't want to admit what's going on in their lives. But when you do open up, it's like, oh my gosh, oh, wow, I'm not such a nutcase. I feel like that too, and it's kind of like gives people um, the courage and strength to go and do something about it for themselves as well. Yeah. It's amazing about the stuff we don't talk about, and I don't mind telling the listeners and you guys about my stuff I've had going on. About 20, 20 something years ago, I got diagnosed with testicular cancer. Now, for a bloke oh, yeah. to say I got cancer in the nuts back then was a bit embarrassing. The number of guys that came up to me and whispered in my ear, I've had that, my brother said that, my yeah, dad said that. Yeah. That's very, very common. And yes. it, it was just like, oh, that that taught me something. I'm uh, just going to address the text that's come in, actually. Uh, if you want to send a text with a question, um, Sarah will be happy to help, if she can. If she yes. can't, she says she can't. Um, this is more just a recommendation. Uh, it says, my son's a top amateur golfer who has just got skill help from a top mental skills coach. It's the next step and so important when you reach the 20 years old range onwards. That's going from teenager to adulthood. You won't have all the skills mentally to develop, right? Uh, as a teenager? As a teenager. Yeah, no, you don't. 20-year-old yeah, sort of yeah, stage. Yeah, exactly. I mean, there's no reason why teenagers can't learn to develop their mental skills. And they do talk a little bit about mindfulness and mental you know, strength and stuff at school. But um, yeah, I mean, certainly at top levels like that, that is certainly something that you, you should be focusing on. Especially like t- team sports is one thing, but when you're playing for yourself and you're the one that can let yourself down, tennis, golf, things like that, uh, that's really intense pressure. Mm. Yeah, I just can't imagine what it would be like for, like, I don't know, Richie Moonga. He's got a kick to win the Rugby World Cup. Oh, yeah. And it's five metres in from the sideline and it's 35 metres out. He knows he's got an 82% record from that spot and he's going, is this me? I'd be, is this the 18% where I'm going to miss? Yeah, all eyes on me. How do you you teach or train or help athletes and people with – that sort of pressure on it's them. It's that it's like all of it's and it takes practice. It's like mental strength, like talk, like self belief, that internal dialogue. It's like 
having that belief, like rather than going, oh my gosh, what if I can't? What if I do this? What if I, all the pressure? It's like, no, I've got this. I believe in myself. And, and obviously practice, relying on your practice. But I truly believe visualization is, is really important as well. And the top sports people, tennis players, golfers, cricketers, basketballers, practicing and visualizing the feeling when you're doing it, seeing it happening. And so I'm sure that those those uh, top sports people are doing that. It's You've got to stay in your head, stay focused on what you're doing and absolutely send away any negative self-talk. Mm. The most famous penalty kicker I reckon in New Zealand history is probably Stephen Donald's one, Beaver, um, who's a, who hosts the show after this one oh, yeah. with me each day. And his mantra was watch the ball follow through. And even in that World Cup cauldron, when they zoomed on his face, you can lip read him, watch the ball follow through. Right. So is it about creating new habits for yourself so that external stuff doesn't yeah. Yeah, 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 and and like laser focus, being totally present in the moment with yourself, catching that that mental chatter, and just blocking it all out because it's just noise and clutter. So self belief, um, yes. self confidence, self awareness. Why is it so hard for us to tap into that ourselves? And why do, why are we our biggest enemy? Oh, that's a that's a very big question. Thank you. <laughs> that's a, I'll stop where do my I start? Off and sit back and drink coffee. <laughs> so. Self belief. I, I like ninety nine point nine percent of the time with the work that I do with people, um, uh, the 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 patterns of behaviour that they develop, addiction, depression, anxiety, whatever, um, come from not having self-belief or feeling like they're not good enough. And that actually starts when you're very young. Mm. We go to school, um, we compare ourselves to our friends, that person's good at maths, that person can read, that person's really pretty, that person's great at rugby. And we, as children, we think, oh, I should be good at all these things too because that person is. And so we start to... um, have this self-doubt and then that kind of feeds and grows and develops and then we have experiences. So your beliefs at the subconscious level are formed because of the feelings you have when you're having experiences in life. So the feelings are really important, your emotions. So if you're feeling like, um, okay, so you go to school one day and your little friend doesn't want to be your friend anymore. The feel your best friend, like, no, I don't want to play with you and then want to play with you again. It's like, as a six-year-old, you know, um, that your feelings are really hurt and you start to think, oh, my gosh, well, maybe I'm not pretty enough. Maybe I'm not fast enough. Maybe I'm not um, clever enough. Uh, Maybe I'm not good enough. And that starts the negative And that sits with you for life. And, well, it's, it can do, depending on the, the, the ferocity of the feeling. But once the subconscious belief is formed, your mind is very clever and it's going to prove to you that the belief you have formed is correct. So it will find more examples in how you be in the experiences of your life that proves to you, yes, that means I'm not good enough. Mm. Um, and so um, I truly, truly believe that this like self-belief and self-talk and really um, um, building your sense of self-worth should be taught in schools because um, that is the crux of most of, a lot of these um, mental health issues, addiction, etc. We are in studio with Sarah Kelt. I've got so many more questions now. <laughs> I'm going to take a break. We have to get away to a break. I'm going to come back. I haven't told her I'm going to do this. I'm going to ask Sarah about Sarah. And I'm no therapist, but I just want to I want to know what's led her to this, to help people like this, because I think it's bloody awesome um, with so many career choices out there. When someone chooses to help people, I want to find out why. So stick around with us, Sarah Kelp, back after this. Getting you through the day like a hot cuppa after lunch. You're listening to Afternoons with Staffy on SENZ.
Welcome back in. We have Sarah Kelp here who helps a lot of people, athletes, sports people, men, women, children, I guess, too, Sarah. But I said before the break, I wanted to find out how you've come to be doing this. So can I please ask you, Sarah Mm. Kelt, I would imagine you haven't done this your whole life. Uh, What did you used to do? So, no, I haven't done this my whole life. I um, went to university and started out as an investment banker. Um, So I worked in London and Dubai for many years. Um, And um, in that job and living my life doing doing the things you know I've had a, a varied and different life just like everybody does um, but I suffered really badly with anxiety um, brought had, on by the job or? Um, I think so yeah life your lifestyle yeah obviously um, I was a female in a very male dominated environment I wanted to be successful I pushed myself hard you've got to compete kind of twice as hard when you're a woman and the old competing against the old boys club <laughs> um, so yeah so I had um, anxiety but and depression, but underneath that, referring back to the low self worth, I never thought I was good enough. Didn't like the way I looked, or you know, all that all that stuff that came from that. Um, and so um, I ended up um, feeling sick to death of how I felt, and knowing that there was more available for me to feel better and not have anxiety anymore. So um, in my kind of quest for healing, I discovered um, RTT, the hypnotherapy that I do, um, and then all the other little, um, I've done lots of training programs and coaching and all the things, um, and so then I, uh, it, it really worked for me, it resonated, I had amazing results myself, um, and so I decided to retrain, and at that point I had three kids um, and didn't want to go back to the high pressures of a corporate banking job, um, so I um, decided that it was time for me to retrain, and um, what really drives me is that I, act, I, I I know how awful and disgusting it is to um, to be in your body and in your mind when you have anxiety, depression, addiction. I don't have addiction, but I understand addiction deeply. Um, and I really want to help people get out of that. And I truly, truly believe it's possible to live a life without anxiety, without depression, without addiction. Um, and I actually truly believe that it's easier than a lot of people think. So, Did you believe it was doable before you sought help? No, I didn't. No, I didn't. Mm. Um I mean, I, and I had tried a little bit of this, and I think that's the problem. People try a little bit of this or go to a therapist here or try this Reiki healing or whatever, I mean, whatever you're into, like try a little bit of this or a little bit of that, um, and it doesn't make a difference. And so they think, well, I'm the one that I'm never going to get better, go to the doctor, take medication. Medication's great, and it's helpful for some people, but, uh, you know, medication really is just a Band-Aid. You're not actually dealing with the root cause. Understanding the root cause of what is driving these patterns of behaviour is the most important thing, and that's what I do with the hypnotherapy part of what I do. That word hypnotherapy, yes, can to a layman like me, yes, uh, sound a bit confronting, mm-hmm. sound a bit woo woo, witch doctory, yes. Um, Unthreaten that phrase for me. Yeah, okay. So really, when you're in a state of hypnosis, you're just deeply relaxed, like being in meditation. And meditation is a really acceptable you know, thing that lots of people do these days. So when you're in hypnosis, you're just in a relaxed brainwave state. Anybody who wants to be hypnotized can be. And I cannot take over your mind. I think we've been given a really, well, hypnosis has been given a really bad rap because people have shown, been, you know, the, the hypnotist uh, entertainment Makes shows. Makes eat an onion. Yeah, yeah, or, you know, squawk like a chicken, bark like a dog and do silly things. That is entertainment. What I do is therapy. Um, and when you're in hypnosis, you're in a really relaxed state. And I kind of say what happens is your conscious mind, which is your judgment and your ego, 
is kind of in the background. And we uh, do, I ask you lots of questions because 95% of your memories and your belief system is in your subconscious mind. And your subconscious mind is kind of like the, the programming that runs the conscious, the, the thoughts, the behaviors, the way you act, etc. And so in hypnosis, the conscious mind is kind of in the background. And so when we're doing our talking, um, we get to the juicy answers because they're all stored in your subconscious because you're your, your judgment and your ego isn't kind of there dominating the show. And so we, f- we go back to the feelings, the times, the events, et cetera, where um, you've had experiences that have created these limiting beliefs. So I think in pictures, and the picture I've just drawn is yes. like my mind is a big scotch chest and the top drawer, which is the socks and undies, that, that's my conscious mind. Exactly. And all those other big drawers are my subconscious exactly. mind. I can open them, but are you saying without help I don't know how to open them? Um you need to learn how to – self-hypnosis is absolutely possible. You okay. need to learn how to do self-hypnosis. Um, but, it's, but, yeah, it's absolutely possible to kind of dig around in there and, and find that special pair of trousers that you wanted to wear. Mm. Um, yeah, but it is, it is a technique that you kind of need to learn or be shown. Yeah. Do you get people say you won't be able to hypnotise me? Yeah, I do, yeah. Um, and um, that happens quite a lot. Oh, well, I've tried it before and I didn't think I was hypnotised. It's actually like – You've got to go into there. I mean, I can't hypnotize someone who doesn't want to be hypnotized. You've got to go into there believing and knowing that you know, this is right for you and this is what you want to do. Really, you've got to be prepared to relax. Mm. And before I actually work. So is it a trust thing? So if you said to me, I want to hypnotize you, I don't trust you. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. I think you know, if you went to someone who felt, felt a bit dodgy, yeah, absolutely. You wouldn't, you wouldn't relax enough to, to let them um, you know, get you into that really relaxed state. It's, it's giving super you easy. my I keys. Could, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, look, I, I see myself as a guide. I'm not, I'm not doing anything that you're not in control of. I'm just asking you the right questions to find the answers. And so it's kind of like we see these common threads and loops and understandings, and that's where we tie it all together. And when we do tie it together, this, the, the clarity and the understanding you get of yourself, I truly believe is the magic bullet to what I do. Because without that understanding about what is driving or where these, these behaviors have come from, it's hard to make the changes at the conscious level, which is really like taking action. We have to take action. If nothing changes, nothing's going to change. So the understanding gives us the wisdom and the knowledge to make the changes we need to make in how we think, how we behave, how we're living our lives, which support us out of these patterns of behavior, addiction, anxiety, depression, etc. Does that make sense? Yes. I'm wondering, societal-wise, is what you do mainstream enough? It's becoming more and more mainstream. People seek out hypnotherapy. I mean, people search for, you know, therapists or whatever, and they find me and they're like, oh, wow, that's amazing. That sounds really interesting. It is becoming more and more mainstream um, uh, because I think people are, are also seeking answers more. They don't just want to go on medication. They want to find um, real answers and take real action to, to help themselves. Mm. We're going to talk more about that. Uh, right now we can take news, sport and weather straight after the news as long as the New Zealand Rugby Union have followed through on their promise that they're naming their team right now. I'll give you that straight after the news and then we'll get back with Sarah. Welcome back in. Here's your All Black team to take on Australia. We will open up the lines from one o'clock. Here it is, full back. Will Jordan. 
Right wing, Sean Stevenson. Other wing, Leicester Fa'anganuku. Uh, then we have Braden Enor, Anton Leonard-Brown. Damien McKenzie will wear 10. Finley Christie, last chance to dance. Big guy, he's in the nine. Adi Savia, eight. Sam Kane returns and will captain. Uh, Sam Apeni Finau with a debut. Sam Whitelock, Brady Retallick. Nipo Lalala, Tamaiti Williams and Samasoni Tokiaho will be your front row. And on the bench, Dane Coles. Offa Tuungafasi, Fletcher Newell returns. Tupo Va'i, Luke Jacobson, Aaron Nuggie-Smith for his farewell test at his home ground, which I think is fantastic. Richie Moonga and Dallas McLeod debutant off the bench. As I say, think about that. Let it wash over you. And we'll open the lines from one o'clock. But right now, we are joined by Sarah Kelt, a therapist, mental skills coach, sports and non-sports, the whole shebang. Um, I talked about mainstream and how mainstream the work, the work you do. I, I No convincing to me how necessary it is. Um, I've had on this show Mike King, who does a lot of mm-hmm. work around um, mental health. Uh, Dave Latelli, I'm a big supporter of Dave Latelli, who yep. works in South Auckland with Butterbee Motivation. He gets no assistance. Neither of them get assistance from yep. the Ministry of Health with funding. Is funding a barrier for people to access work like you do? It is. Yeah, the short answer is, and unfortunately, um, funding in the public health system is not enough, and it's very limited. And if you get on those waiting lists, uh, you're there for weeks and weeks and sometimes months. So um, needing private funding to work privately is um, is important. Um, yeah, but funding is a problem. There is options and there is availability, but it, you've got to jump through a lot of hoops to get that support. Because... F- Financial stress, I'd oh, imagine, is one of the big huge. ones that you have to deal with. And if yeah. you've got financial stress and, you, and you, you can't afford a bag of spuds and onions and baked beans, you certainly can't afford to get um, interventional help yeah. like you offer. Yeah, yeah, that's absolutely correct, yeah. And so that make, adds to the stress, right? Mm. Makes it harder, yeah. Mm. We talked about common threads before, and you said self-belief seemed to be 99.9% that's the route. Yes. So is that the main thing that you work on with people is like, yes, I know you've got addiction. Yes, I know you've got dependency. Yes, I know you've got anxiety, but do you believe in yourself? Yeah, is that's, that that's where exactly you start? it. So um, often people don't relate to, if I just said I help people with their self-worth, um, they wouldn't really understand what I was talking about. So I, that I, I believe that the coping strategies are the anxiety, the depression, and the addiction. But underneath that is the the self-worth or the not feeling good enough. So yeah, essentially what I really do is help people understand themselves better and build their sense of self-worth and self-esteem. Mm. Mm. Is Have you found that the hardest thing for people to do is that very first step? Yeah, actually, and that's the feedback I get. It's like the hardest thing is was making the call to you. So I, I work with people over a number of weeks, and the, you know when we have our catch ups, it's kind of like the hardest thing I've realised now. I thought the giving up alcohol was going to be the hardest thing, but actually that's been really easy. The hardest thing was one acknowledging I've got a problem, admitting it, and then making the call can be really scary because it's confronting. Um, and I always start my calls by I acknowledge that it takes a lot of courage to reach out for support. Well done for doing that because it is scary. How can we make what you do less confronting, less triggering? I, I, like, I guess like any business, your, your best endorsement is word of mouth. Yeah, um, and yeah, people say, yeah. go and see her. Aaron yeah. told me about you. Yes, yes. Uh, you yes. Know, a mutual friend of ours. Um, yeah. He said, you've got to get her on. She's just so good. And But we talked about public, I don't think stigma is too strong, but public, not apathy either. What am I talking about? Uh, reluctance. Right, yes. Um, 
it's just going to have to chip away, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, and I and I do I really do think it it is because it's becoming you know. M- just more socially acceptable to talk about your problems. Um, but, yeah, it is a chip away. Um, although I think um, Kiwi men, you know, got to be tough, got to be strong, take a concrete pill, harden up. Um, I, I really think we have got that wrong. And as parents, we must be responsible for helping our, our sons understand that talking about their feelings, dealing with their stress, their anger, their emotions, um, they must do that just as much as our daughters must. Um, yeah, I, I really feel for Kiwi men because there's a lot of programming and conditioning about having to be tough. Uh, I, I thought I'd work mostly with women, but actually I work probably predominantly, significantly with men now. And I love working with men because it takes a lot of courage for them to reach out for support, but when they actually feel seen and heard and get to work on you know, feeling better, um, they flourish and thrive, and it's a, it's a really fulfilling job. A lot of people have um, therapists slash counsellors, and I've always scratched my head. I've never been to a therapist or a counsellor, but um, how's it going with therapist? Oh, great. How long have you been seeing them? Two years. And I'm like, is it mm. helping then? Um, yeah. And I, oh, I probably can't poo-poo one profession, but I used to well, – can I? No, I won't. Um, and you just have to check and just go, should I keep doing this? I've been going for two years and I'm – Yeah. And it becomes a reliance treating the symptom, not treating the cause. And I saw Agreed. on your website it's called Rapid – Transformational therapy, which yes. is which is a big word sandwich. Yes. What I take from that is you can, with how you do things, you can do it quite quickly and quite rapidly. Yes. Another big question, I guess, how do you do that quickly? So the rapid transformational therapy part is the kind of hypnotherapy that I practice. Right. So that is a special technique. Um, uh, it's a it's a special method. There's lots of different processes, and that is unlocking the understanding at the subconscious level, which is why it is rapid. As I said earlier, when you get that understanding of what is driving the root co- the, the root cause or what is driving these patterns of behaviour, then we get to take action at the conscious level. So um, back to your talking to Pete, you know, going to see your therapist every week for for five years. I mean. That's great for some people. It's not great for everybody. And I actually believe that every time you talk about your stuff, you dig it up again, it's like picking the scab off the wound, you're kind of staying stuck in it. Mm. What I do is help people understand the root cause of what's going on. And then with the coaching work, it's about taking action. I give you tools and strategies and coping techniques to support yourself so you don't have a reliance on a therapist, right? We are all responsible for our own mental, emotional, physical, spiritual health. I can show you the way but you have to actually do the work to get yourself out of the place that you're stuck in. And that's kind of, that's that's the premise of how I work. I'm there to empower you, to give you the tools, the strategies, the coping techniques, the understanding, so that you can work with me for a while and then go get busy living your life and you've got the tools you need and off you go and be the best version of you. That's interesting. I said to you before, I think in pictures, that friend of mine I said who's been seeing a yes. <clears throat> counsellor slash coach, whatever it is, for four or five years. My understanding, well, my take on it was you keep it going and opening that book, opening that same book, yeah. opening that same but book. Rehashing. So you, so do you open the book at the start and go, okay, that's that story. Let's close that book and write a new one. Yeah, uh, exactly. I um, what I say is. So we have a coaching session first, then we have a hypnotherapy session. We have to dig into the past a little bit to understand it and change our perspective of it. And then we focus, so we leave the past in the past. We can't change the past. We can change our perspective of the past. We can use the past to fuel us to move forward, to have the motivation to move forward. 
once we've had that hypnotherapy session, I'm all about focusing on what you do want, focusing on where you want to go. Mm. You're, and then again, it's about mindset, right? The thoughts and the pictures you create in your mind create your reality. So if you're constantly thinking about poor me and the things that happened and my life sucks and negative self-talk, you're going to stay stuck. If you change that mindset, focus on what you do want, the life you want to live, the life you desire to live, you're focusing on that and that's what you're moving towards. Mm. Yeah. Um. Just got a few text messages here. One just saying where are you based? I can tell she's based in Auckland. Yes, but I do work over Zoom. You do work yeah. over Zoom. Is yeah. it as effective on Zoom? It is actually. Um, so specialising in uh, helping people with anxiety as well. Um, hypnosis is all about relaxing, as I said before. Um, when people are in the comfort of their own homes, you know, going to a clinical environment and battling traffic and finding a park stresses you out <laughs> and kind of takes you away from being relaxed. So I would say about 90% of my, um, cl- my, my work is done over Zoom. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, so I work with people all around the country, lots of people in Australia, a little bit in the States. Um, so, yeah, it, Zoom is just as effective when you're in the safety and comfort of your own home, you're more likely to relax and then we're going to have a really great session. Um, if you really feel like you, the, the, the being face-to-face is going to be more beneficial for you, um, I work out of a clinic in Parnell for face-to-face hypnotherapy sessions. Wow. Yeah. Mm. I almost want to come along and do it. Yeah, you should. Like, honestly, I true, like everybody needs to have this experience. It is the most amazing, profound experience. It's hard to articulate until you have the experience. But when people kind of wake up or come, mm, you know, like mm. f- come around from the hypnotherapy, they're just like, wow, like, oh my gosh, I, I, like that was the most amazing experience. And then, you know, I have my follow-up calls and they're like, I don't know what you've done. I'm completely perplexed. It's like you're some sort of white witch or something like they really are. Mm. It's not about me. Mm. It's about them doing the work. The lesson, I, I, the, way. the lesson I got in having a crack at something was, and listeners will remember that we're listening, at the end of last year, I got a guy in studio, much like you are now, mm. from Canaplus that do the CBD oils and stuff yes, like yes. that. And I'd had chronic shoulder pain for two years yes. and I hadn't slept for my life, my whole life. I just had been a poor sleeper. Yes. Um, three months later, shoulder 100, 100%, and I'm sleeping all through the night. Wow. With very small doses. Yes. And I was paranoid because when I'd sampled said product as a teenager, yeah, I, right. I was paranoid. Yes, yes. And I said, I hope this doesn't make me paranoid. Yes. I had to take a, for me, it was a massive leap of faith to give it a crack. And I am so pleased on it. And now I sound evangelistic about yeah, right. it. Yes, yes. So I'm going to take a leap of faith and maybe come and see you. Um, yeah, yeah. Honestly, like what we, what we, what we do is, is awesome. And you just, yeah. Before we go, um, yes. how do we find you? Ah, right. So um, you can search up Sarah Kelt. Uh, my, my company name is MindsetTransformations.com. Um, so you can go. I've got lots of information on my website. Uh, I've got. You can book a free call if you want to have a chat with me. Um, I can talk you through the process a little bit more. I also have some online programs um, which are really accessible and affordable. Um, one's about um, un- building unbreakable self-worth. That's an awesome course. Um, and there's another one called Stop Drinking Fast. Um, it's all about, obviously, helping people be free from alcohol. Um, so those are a few ways, or you can work with me one-to-one. Um, so you can book a call on the website. got my phone number on the website. You can email me. Um, and I'm very friendly, and I'm non-judgmental. Um, I just want <laughs> and people you've to, seen it all. I, right? ha- I really have seen it all. Um, and I truly, truly, my, 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 my why is just to help people uh, not feel like crap. Mm. <laughs> so, just, uh, yeah, I think um, instead of a big, long website address, just Google Sarah, you say... R-A-H. Yes. You say R-A-H. K-E-L-T. Yes. Put a gap between them. Yeah. Her website will pop up and jump on there, get in touch, and a free call. 
No obligation free call. You might as well do that. How long can they talk to you? So for? about twenty minutes. Oh, well, there yeah. you go. Yeah, yeah. Do yourself a favour, people. Sarah, great to have you in the studio thanks today. Thanks so much. We'll catch up again. Yeah, thanks. We'll come back after a quick break. Uh, let's launch into this all black side. Helping you tune out your annoying workmate. You're listening to Afternoons with Staffy on SENZ. Rodeo, um, first of all, Wallabies team. I've got that. Andrew Callaway, in fact, same back line as last week. Andrew Callaway, Mark Nawangatawasi, uh, Jordan Pataya, Samu Kurevi, Marika Korumbeti, Kara Gordon, Tate McDermott, who takes over the captaincy because Alan Alalatoa is out injured, and so is Tani Alatupo. We saw the pain he was in, so they're two props out. Uh, changes in the forward pack. Rob Valentini, he started last week. Fraser McWright has been brought in um, to open side flanker Tom Hooper, who uh, was open side last week. He's now six. Richie Arnold now starts at lock alongside Nick Frost. Pone Faamosili, first cap. Dave Pariki Hooker and Angus Bell, who I thought was outstanding last week at prop. He starts in the bench of Jordan Uelesi, James Slipper, Zane Nongor. Will Skelton has been benched, but he'll be big impact. Rob Liotta in the back reserves. Nick White, Quade Cooper, Isaiah Paresi. All Black team. Let's dip right into this. Oh, it's just disappeared. Here it is. Uh, Tamaiti Williams will start. Samasoni Tokiaho, Nipu Lalala. Brody Retallick, Sam Whitelock. Um, so Scott Barrett gets a well-earned rest, not on the bench either. Um, Sam Apenny Finau, debutante in number six. I can't wait to see how he goes. Sam Kane, captain. Adi Savia at eight. Thought they might be tempted to give him a little rest and put Luke Jacobson on to start, but um, Adi's a machine. Finley Christie at nine. Damian McKenzie, ten. Anton Leonard Brown and Braden Enor is the midfield. Lester Faanganuku on the wing. Sean Stevenson to debut on the wing. And Will Jordan. Finally, says everyone. In fact, someone texted in saying, uh, who was that? Brendan saying, I can hear Dean from Dunedin scream with excitement regarding that back three. It's a great team, but I would swap Finlay with Cam Roygaard from Brendan. Uh, the bench, Dane Coles, Offa, Tōngafasi, Fletch, Newell, Tupovai, Luke Jacobson, and the back impact players, finishes, reserves. Aaron Smith, Richie Moonga, and Dallas McLeod in Jersey 23, should he get on, will debut for the All Blacks. I'd venture to say pretty much every game. Don't all of them get on now? If not, all but one. So we will open the lines about what you think this means for some of the players um, who you're particularly looking forward to. And after 23 test matches, Will Jordan gets his first time to put on the 15 jersey. I know positionally he finds himself back there, but he's never started at 15. Um, and I think there's a big sigh of relief from everyone that he gets a fair crack. <sighs> what do you reckon? We'll take a break. We'll come back with you. You're listening to Afternoons with Staffy on SENZ. Uh, full credit. Full credit to Cam from Cambridge. He texted in two minutes before the All Blacks were named and he said, Staff, I have a feeling Stevenson's going to get a run. He deserves one shot to show the selectors what he has. Uh, he brings X Factor we need against France and Ireland, not the same old, same old Cam from Cambridge. You're on the money, are eh? you a selector? 
at your Selectra. Steffi, last dance for Finley? I don't think so. He's going, as is Aaron and Cam. No other nines in the conversation. Finley's been in All Black for two years. Last week it was Dalton going. Cheers. Oh, no, I don't think I ever said Dalton was going. Um, I think we missed Sam Kane, which wasn't poo-pooing Dalton. He still made good tackles. But I just feel... I feel Sam Kane offers a bit more dynamism than what Dalton Papali'i does. Uh... From Junior, absolutely stoked with the All Blacks team. Could argue it is the Form 15 of Super Rugby. Cannot wait to see how Stevenson will go. He has to go to France. And this game, along with Super Rugby Grand Final, will show why he, along with Jordan and Talia, will be our game breakers. Notice side. Steph, you do a really good job at pronouncing the island names, particularly the Samoan names. <laughs> thank you, mate. Well done. Thank you. Appreciate it, Junior. I do try my very best. I don't. I don't always get them right, but I, I give it a decent crack. So thank you for acknowledging that. Um, more texts, but I really want you to call. We're going to chuck the lines open for as long as you need from one o'clock. Um, I'll repeat both teams after the news at one, and we can dive deep. What excites you? What delights you? Oh, World Cup's not far away. From lunch through to tea, this is Afternoons with Staffy on SENZ. First time ever on my show. Get it on, bang a gong. Thanks to Charles Waite for requesting that. Uh, from Taranaki, Charles. Good man, where's RM Williams with pride? Uh, we go to the phones. We're having a look at this all-black team that's been named. Um, we go to Mikey in Christchurch. G'day, Mikey. Oh, get it on. All right. <laughs> yeah. Never thought I'd see the day. Will Jordan at fullback. Oh, so excited. Um <laughs> But I tell you what, I mean, with him and Stevenson and Lester Fainuku with the speed and power, I mean, if they, if, if it all clicks for the All Blacks this weekend, that is a frightening prospect for the Aussies, if it really goes to plan. I mean, can you imagine? That's very, very exciting. Um, one of the other things I've written down here is, um, I mean, obviously the centre pairing's locked in, so it's good to see them try something else there for this weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, um, one th- and obviously, I'm surprised... I guess Aaron Aaron has to play because it's his last game on New Zealand soil. And I guess probably Richie. Is, I wonder if they picked him as well because it's his last game on New Zealand soil as well, isn't it? Um, yeah. I, I, I kind of would have thought Bowden might have been the... Um, we would have got to run at first five in the second half. Possibly, yeah. But I guess with... God, is he a 100-test all-black yet? If he, I think he is. Um, he probably doesn't need a run. Um, I, and I do think sentiment has creeped in a little bit here, particularly around the Aaron Smith one. But I don't, I don't mind it. What, you know, I don't mind it at all. I love Colsey on the bench. I, I love when he comes oh, off the bench. No free ride for the Aussies with Dane Colsey, is there? No. <laughs> <laughs> it's. I think it's going to be quite a feisty game and a two thirty game, which I'm really, really looking forward to. A couple of beers in the afternoon to watch this. Um, overall, I'm I'm really excited about this. 
Um, they have put sort of like a, I won't say B team, but a, a different looking team rather than their first pick before, and it hasn't really clicked. But I think they've been in camp long enough, and there's a lot of really wise heads there with uh, Ritalik and Whitelock and Kane and, and all that, that um, this, this could be a special game. So for my mind, I think this is awesome. Oh, I do too. Yeah, special game. That's really well put. I think it could be something pretty special as well. Awesome. Good All man, right. Mikey. Thanks, man. Good to hear from you, buddy. Okay. Go over to our mate in Melbourne. It is Darren. G'day, Darren. Hi, Staffy. How are things? Things are good. I'm quite happy with this team. Have a guess who is the first Australian, or the, which, which Australian would be most keen on seeing this team list? Oh, which Australian would be most keen on seeing this team list? Probably Eddie yep. Jones. No, I'm thinking Tate McDermott because he wanted to make sure that um, Scott Barrett wasn't playing. <laughs> <laughs> Very good point. I reckon he's gone, I'm, I'm captain, he's not playing, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Two ticks for me, let's go. Yeah, but I'll tell you what, Ian Foster, how to motivate these guys, he's, he's going to be there saying uh, World Cup squad on Monday. Go out and show me what you can do. This this could be, like you said, Mikey said, special. This could be ridiculous. Mm. <laughs> what some of these guys are going to go out and they're basically playing for their spot. Yeah, which can, like back in the days of all-black trials, you could see players playing a bit individually, but I don't think these days you can get away with that. You still have to play as a collective and play your role really, really well. Um, I, I think the ones yeah. I'm most excited for... Darren is um, Sam Apenifinia and Sean Stevenson, the two oh, yeah. new caps. I always like the new caps just to see how you go with a black jersey on. Well, I'm sure that uh, Wallaby Prop, who's on debut, is looking at uh, La 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 and Tamati Williams going, <laughs> well, uh, it's going to be a tough day at the office. <laughs> yeah. Yes, and I don't know much about him. We'll be talking, um, of course, as we do every Friday with Jeremy Paul. He'll run his eyes over um, this Fahamosili this new cap, I don't know anything about him. Well, you've got to start somewhere, don't you? Even Kepu started somewhere. That's so right. It's um, no, it's, it should be a ripper and daytime rugby stuffy. Oh, I know. Please, hallelujah. I know. You can have lunch. You can have a late lunch and sit back and watch it. It's not going to be interrupted by anything else. You can still get your dose oh, of the Women's World Cup, the Snipple World Cup, the NRL, and the rugby just sits there all by itself. Staffy, I'm going into the shed and watching last week's game as a little, little entree. <laughs> going straight into the main and then dessert's going to be Wellington Turbos. That's me dessert. You've so. got my menu as well. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what I'm doing. And, I'm, and I ain't moving. There'll be, there'll be a, a sign on the shed saying, do not enter. <laughs> yeah, that's fair enough. That's fair enough. Awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Thanks, mate. Good Should on you, buddy. Ready. Thanks, Bye. Darren. Cheers, mate. Um, John in Auckland. G'day, John. Yeah, I think it's a bit of a bender this week, Staffy. We've got the Warriors on Friday night against the Titans. Oh, yeah. That'll be a bloody, that'll be a cracker, mate. You know, the Titans are one of the form teams, I think, of the week. Mm-hmm. So we'll see how that goes. But in terms of this All Black squad, I'm really happy. In terms of um, giving these players an opportunity, like you said, Sammy Penefina, Sean Stevenson finally gets a run. Um, he's been waiting in the wings for years, it seems. Mm. And then we finally get to see Will Jordan at his preferred position. So it's going to be a hell of a test match for these players, and they won't lack motivation. Mm. Like uh, in terms of the number one, well, I don't, I don't know if there is a number one All Black teammate. Like these, all these players that are in there are all in form. 
I wouldn't say they're a number two team. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it, that like none of them will let us down, um, but there's quite a few yeah. in there that aren't first pick. But yeah. when you when you look at Anton Leonard Brown and Braden Enor, they're probably not. You know, they're going to go Geordie and Rico, you'd imagine. But geez, if if there's such a thing as a second string All Black, those two are damn good. Oh, exactly, mate. And I think we'll we'll see. They'll probably win again by twenty, thirty points. Um, just quickly on this uh, tight head prop for the Wallabies, mm. Punifa Malsili. Uh, beautiful pronunciation, uh, Steffi. But he actually is from the Melbourne Rebels. And, you know, they've uh, had big reps on him for years, but he hasn't quite come through. He's a big lad, probably about 130 kegs. Oh, okay. Um, but his but his run-up, if you ever see a dropout, um, do you remember Paliasina from the Warriors? Oh, I fit the Paliasina, yes. Yeah. That is uh, very him. similar to what Puni... That's him, mate. He, he lines up on the 22 and he comes in. Oh, oh I like that picture you've painted me. <laughs> Yeah, but the only problem is that his scrummaging is a bit, you know, he hasn't been up against world cast props, so, you know. Full credit to him, it's his debut, and um, yeah, I hope they go well. Cheers. Oh, can't wait to see him coming off the back fence. Good on you, John. Thanks, buddy. Oh, I fit the Paliasina. Yeah, the the knees, the high knee lift, the arm pump, and, and the head, the head bobbing, headgear, screaming. I fit the Paliasina. We had another prop for the Warriors that ran a bit like that as well, either just before him or just after him. Uh, uh, oh, Sammy's drawn a blank. I've drawn a blank. Um, from Chris, if Sean Stevenson has been given the free role like they give to Jordan, Will Jordan, and he plays well, then he's going to the World Cup. And I would have liked to have seen Dallas start because Anton Leonard Brown is going anyway. Might have just been a, a bit of a risk too far, if you know what I mean. Like uh, Enor and Dallas McLeod, I'm more confident with Anton Leonard Brown there. And playing Enor there, he's he's played a lot of top-level rugby, but not a lot of all-black rugby. Um, I don't know if he started against the Wallabies or South African team before. I just like the surety of hand, having Anton Leonard Brown there. I think it's really well strategically placed experience through this all-black side. Still having Sam and Ardy there. Um, Damian McKenzie, who's probably number two, potentially three, first five. They can also cover halfback, so a little bit loose there, but we talk about that back three of Jordan for Aunganuku and Sean Stevenson. They're going to attract a lot of attention. If they attract a lot of defenders, Damien McKenzie will run havoc. Braden Enor is a strong runner. Uh, Anton Leonard Brown's an amazing opportunity creator for anyone around him, let alone himself. A, a really good distributor, really good reader of the game defensively. I think he'll be the defensive marshal in that back line. And then the potent force of Will Jordan out the back. I thought it's 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 got me excited, New Zealand. Um, Staffy, um, have I read that one? Don't think I have. James from West Melton. Staffy, I'm liking that All Blacks team. A mix of wise old heads and some youth. Nice to be able to experiment this year. Last year we were losing games, and Foster didn't have the runway to experiment. Plenty of players given the opportunity to shine and sneak a spot in the World Cup squad. I'm excited to see for Aunganuku, uh, Finau. And McLeod, uh, and McLeod get some game time. D-Mac at 10, Braden Enor, 
could lock in that utility position with a strong showing. James of West Melton. Thinking about that, James, and everyone else, do you think, realistically, of the 33 World Cup spots that are open, I'd be very surprised if 31 or 32 of them won't change, regardless of what happens tomorrow. If there is one swinging in the balance, is it the makeup of our locks or loose forwards? Is it the makeup of our outsides? Is it our halfbacks? Because I think I could probably write down 28 straight away. I've just made that number up, but I think I could write those down who's going. There's some absolute definites. How many are in pencil? I'd suggest one or two max at this stage. And is a game against the depleted Wallabies at home really your final test that you're going to be judged on to pass or fail? Probably not, but maybe, maybe. I'm not sure. Give us a yell. Lots of text messages. Oh, what's the story on Ethan Blackadder, says Mike. I heard secondhand this morning he's still about eight weeks away, which is a long time, six to eight weeks away. And he hasn't been named for Tasman this weekend. David Havili has. I'm also led to believe, haven't confirmed that. But it sounds like Ethan Blackett is out for the medium term anyway. And if they're naming an all-black squad next week, it's very early to name it, isn't it? But would they take someone who might not be available for at least a month? Probably not. I guess there'll be some more some more light thrown on that um, when it's named because when they name that World Cup squad, there's always at the bottom, not considered due to injury, Quintapaya, Ethan Blackadder, whoever they are, not 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 required. Amoni Narawa, don't know how how bad his injury is. Um, who else is there? Narawa, Havili, Blackadder, there's probably another. Quintapaya, there's probably other ones that are injured out of the World Cup. Anyway, do give me a call. I'd love to talk through it with you. 0800 150 Give us a yell. You're listening to Afternoons with Staffy on SENZ. Uh, thank you to Paul for texting and saying, Tasman coach Dan Perrin last week in a podcast mentioned that Ethan could be back for the Auckland game or round three. So what's that, three three weeks away? Well, or is even Auckland two weeks away? I guess we just have to wait and see. I'd love him to be back. Uh, and Hytro Ocassini was the prop I was trying to remember that was like Ofeta Paliasino. We got about 10 of those and about four Mark Tukis as well. Uh, equally loved watching him play. We go back to the phones to Hamilton. We go, g'day, Matt. How are we, mate? Yeah, brilliant, Matt. Hey, um, I, I dare say a few people had to double look when they saw uh, Sean Stevenson yes. in the team and Will Jordan at fullback. Um, but glad that Stevenson's getting his chance. You know, he's definitely, oh, I think everyone can say he's earned it. Um, and it'll be great to see what he can do in All Blacks jersey. Um, the one thing that I'm looking forward to this weekend is, I, I might be a little bit controversial, but... I think the Crusaders fans will come round to the fact that Damien McKenzie is the first five for the All Blacks. Oh. Um, I think, 
that I take I take what you said. It'll be a depleted Aussie side, a um, little bit of a dead rubber. But I think with half an hour to go, if the way I sort of look at it, um, Richie comes on, Mackenzie goes to the back, Will Jordan goes on to the wing. Um, the impact that we'll gain for that last thirty minutes could be the difference when it comes to World Cup time. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's the one thing that I'm looking forward to the most. I'll probably get it completely wrong and they'll pull Mackenzie off and put Moonga on, but um, that's one thing that's been sitting in the back of my mind through Super Rugby, and I'm I'm really excited to hopefully see see that unfold. So many permutations, aren't there? Like, I could see if you're behind and you've got McKenzie on the bench, you want him to come on and just create because his teammates don't even know what he's doing. Yeah. Yeah, and it'll be definitely good to see what Stevenson can produce in the 14 and if all Jordan can keep doing what he's doing, mm. then, you know, it'll open space, I think, for... I mean, Fyanuki might end up spending a lot of time in the middle of the field. Yeah if there's so much sort of pressure going down that, what would be the, the right-hand side. So excited about it. Great afternoon rugby. Got a barbecue organised for lunchtime and turn that off by 2 o'clock and everyone sit down for a 2.30 kick-off and oh. go from there. So bloody excited. Oh, I'll bring some gourmet sausages. <laughs> I'll just do it. Go on, Steffi. Thanks, mate. You're Cheers, good mate. Cheers, buddy. Thank you. We go down to Cliff and Dunedin. G'day, Cliff. Yeah, g'day. I, uh, I had a chat with Smithy this morning. And I, I was hoping, I said to him that we would give the guys that were going to be the backup players that he was going to take away. And I believe that's what he's done. Mm. I think when he had to pick next week's All Black team, he needed to figure out exactly who he needed to take away and what split. He's taken, got 33 players. He'll have three hookers. And it depends how many props he takes. If he takes six, that gives him three on each side of the scrum. But if he takes five and one of them can play both sides because he want to have three halfbacks. Scott Barrett looks like he's, he's a, his best position is playing lock. Yep. And I, look, I reckon he should be starting in the major test matches. So he basically becomes a lock again. So we take four. That leaves us with two sixes. We've got our six now in Frizzell, and he's given this fella a game at six to see who's going to back up, who will be the backup six. Uh, the boy from um, our eight, so that Savia and the Chiefs number eight, just lost his name, but that's... Jacobson? Um, Jacobson would be two eights, so we'll have two sevens and Captain Kane and and um, the Dalton. boy from the... Yeah, so basically we we'll go with three nines, two tens, four in the midfield, and then... It's the wingers, how we work them. If we're going to take two proper fullbacks and Barrett and McKenzie becomes the other fullback, whether McKenzie backs up at first five, it gives us some more options in the back. But it's, I think this game's all about working out who's going to be the backup guys mm. that can fill these, these other spots. Because I think he's got his 23 well hooked in. It's just getting the tweaking the right fellas and look you know I like Stevenson playing on the wing but it still doesn't guarantee him a spot it just depends on if they class him as a as an option at fullback whether he goes away as a fullback covering wing you know Talia I, I think the pressure's on Clark 
Yeah. I don't think he's been playing well enough to go away to the all for the the uh, World Cup. So I don't really see him as a guy who can only play one side. So Stevenson is an option as a fullback covering right wing as well. Talia and the the other chap who's playing this week, um, and then the boy from uh, the who's playing fullback, he can cover wing as well. So there's plenty of options in the, in the outside backs. They want plenty of options up front, so I think they really need six props. It gives them plenty of practice in their scrummaging against their own. You know, having six and three hookers, three halfbacks. They've got they've got a good squad. You know, there's there's plenty of depth in it, and there's you know if we did lose somebody major, I think there's a cover in in every position, who's probably just about an equal. Mm. So I'm pleased that he's given all these guys a go. Um, just just to, it might be a pretty second string side that might play the a weaker game over there, probably uh, at lock. Because I don't think Josh Lord's going to go away by the looks of it. They'll only take the four, the two starters, Scott Barrett and the other... Uh, Tupo Vai. Tupo Vai. He'll probably be number four. So, but yeah, it's a pretty strong-looking all-black side that's going to go away because I don't think there's really any weaknesses. Yeah, I think you measure yeah, the strength of a team on the ones that don't make it. And if you're saying that Josh Lord doesn't make it, um, David Havili doesn't make it, uh, Amuni Narawa doesn't make it. They're bloody good players, which must mean the ones that go, we're in good shape. Oh, yeah, look, we're going to lose a lot of players after the World Cup. Yeah, it's going to be an interesting-looking side next year with the first test we play uh, with uh, with um, Razor's team. I mean, he'll have to... Uh, Make do, but the good thing is that there's lots of experienced players there. You know, we're certainly not going to be a weak looking side next year without Smith and a few of the other boys. Um, but yeah, look, yeah, I'm looking forward to these big games coming up, and uh, yeah, we can't keep playing the same guy every week. Mm. You know, Scott Barrett needed the game, he's had three tough games in a row, doesn't hurt to re- re- uh, give him a rest anyway, but mm. maybe even. Um, even Artie Sevilla could have had. I'd like to have seen um, Luke, um, what's his name, play, play at number eight. But yeah, I would have too, him. but there we go. Yeah, yeah good on and you, Cliffy. He'll be on. Yep, he Cheers. Good on you, mate. You have a great weekend. Uh, Bernard and Canterbury. G'day, Bernard. How you doing, Mark? Good, thanks. Um, good. Listen, uh, there's, there's 30 players um you know, 15 players in each team, right? So 15 and 15, I'm just going back on the old how it used to be. So you take a touring team away, you take 30 of your best players. Mm-hmm. So, and that was 30. So you're taking 30 of specialist players in the, all their positions. So you've already got four props, two hookers, four locks, two, two, two sixes, sevens, and, and the rest of it. Um, so that's your 30. And then all you've got to do is find the three fellas that you want to, have, have as your reserves. Mm. Doesn't that make sense? In a, in a so way, you, but I don't know that you'd take two second fives, two centres when you've got guys like Anton Leonard-Brown that can play both when you've got the high attrition injury factor of front rowers and locks where they have far more collisions. And I don't. I think it's been a long, long time since they took, I know what you're saying, four props. So of the XS3, you take another prop, another hooker, 
another. You have to take three hookers and three halfbacks because if one goes down injured, you're stuffed. Yeah, but it's only, what, 24, 27 hours away on flight? Yeah. You, 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 should, you know, you can certainly have guys here keeping the, the bench warm if, if you needed them. Mm. Mm. Well, that's what that's that's just how I sort of look at it. And uh, um, anyway, um, good luck to um, Stevenson. I, I think he thoroughly deserves it. Yes. Getting a run on Saturday. I, I hope to see Dallas McLeod get a run. Um, and um, yeah, nice to see Will Jordan playing at um, uh, at the back there because uh, he's he's the new Christian Cullen. There you go. You said it. You said it, and everyone's nodding, Bernard. Okay. <laughs> Good on you, chap. <laughs> Thanks, mate. See you, mate. Yes, Will Jordan, they've been screaming for it, and we get it. Like He he is a backup fullback. Um, I think whether you agree with it or not, Ian Foster's first-choice fullback is Bowdoin Barrett, and the way he sinks and allows the freedom of Will Jordan to roam from that right wing, I don't think, with Bowdoin Barrett at fullback, I don't think Will Jordan's effectiveness has been stymied one iota because of the defensive reads, the strategical reads that Bowden Barrett's experience gives you out the back, he'll see Will Jordan drift off his wing and he will adjust himself. Um, and I think that's why we see Will Jordan performing so well in the 14 jersey, but he gets his crack in the 15. Give us a call, 0800 150 Actually, uh, Pete just said, what's happened to Big Paddy Tuipalotu? Still injured. Still injured. Um, I think he's two or three weeks away for even for Auckland. Ken might be able to fill me in on that. Uh, we'll take news. Come back with your calls after that. Oh, I haven't heard that music for a while, which means I haven't spoken to this uh, spoken to this young man for a while. Brenda Popperwell joins us. Pops, welcome back in. Hello, Steffi. How you doing? You're good. Oh, I'm brilliant. I'm brilliant. You've been on your OE, have you? <laughs> yes, yes. Let me see that. Yeah, yeah. No. Um, June and July is always a great time to sort of uh, try and get away in the in the in the horse racing industry slash TAB. So um, made the most of it. Had. Um, a bit of leave left uh, riding, so all those public holidays that we work staff, so um, yeah, just had to get rid of some leave and took a break. Yeah, it was good. Um, I know there's an all-black test, but my favourite rugby is about to start tomorrow night. Um, two games tomorrow night, Tasman Otago, Taranaki Counties, kick off the MPC. Can you cast your eyes down that board of games? Where's the biggest liability sit with the TAB amongst all of those games? Look, we've seen a fair bit of movement for Hawks Bay staff. Um, they've been one of the teams that has been nudged. They're, they're into a dollar fifty-two against North Harbour. Uh, that, that, that's been one of the liabilities. The other has been uh, centred around Tasman. Uh, a, a lot of bets for Tasman in their match uh, against Otago. Uh, they're, they're sitting at a dollar thirty-five. And, and the other big banger uh, is Auckland. Now, Auckland to to win. The NPC has been very favourable at this stage, and they are well supported to beat Bay of Plenty. They're one fifty-seven. Bay of Plenty two dollars and forty cents currently in that marketplace. Uh, at least eighty percent of our betting uh, has been around Auckland uh, in that head-to-head market. So that, that, that's where things are sitting at the moment. Uh, outright, as I said, Auckland well supported, Canterbury well supported, 
and uh, Tasman uh, are, are the three favoured teams at the moment to win the EPC. i just ask you if you're going to hold that price on Tasman for just over an hour before showing me the money starts, please, Pops. I'd, I'd very much appreciate that. <laughs> okay, okay. How, how's it been going, Steph, I mean, over the last few weeks? Has there been any, any wins? Or? Uh, no wins, but personally, I've been on fire. Personally. <laughs> Um, FIFA Women's World Cup of course we have commentary here on SENZ Uh, we've had a few big names get biffed out but boy we've got some some big big games coming up Pops, Um, none bigger really I think than has it been confirmed that Sweden are playing the US yet? I think it has I'm pretty sure it has isn't it? Yeah 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 Um, Yes, it has. It has, yes. Sunday. Um, yeah, look, incredible betting we've seen so far through the tournament staff, and that's the one that really does stand out. I will say the other game, too, is Japan and Norway because the way that Japan have played so far throughout the tournament, boy, they are a massive liability, too, through the outright markets. They were $41 uh, in early stages uh, of outright betting uh, were Japan. Uh, where do they sit now? $9? Uh, $9.50 uh, is their price. Mm. Uh, England have actually found themselves uh, favourite now at $4.33 with the USA uh, at $5, Spain five fifty, Germany seven fifty. Uh, but yeah, that's that's a match-up and a half, isn't it, with what we've seen there. And it, look, we have still seen the money circling around uh, the US of A. Uh, they're sitting at a price where, look, you, you can get a decent price. Uh, they're at $2 compared to Sweden at three fifty, or the draw, uh, which is at $3.30. Just quickly on tonight's two games, um, we've seen a bit of money for Morocco at the $6.50 quote, uh, the outsider. Germany, $1.12, that's running through a lot of multis because there's a number of options to play it into. Of course, we've got the Nepal World Cup, we've got NRL starting, and your Blacks. There is a feast of sport on uh, currently in, in Germany at the dollar twelve, and and to, to win by uh, overs and goals, the the one and a half over goal, the two and a half total goals, all those markets have been played in that in that Germany match. Quick look at the NRL, two monster games tomorrow night. Of course, Panthers and Storm um, jockeying for position in the top four, and our Warriors and the Titans up the Waz. Yeah. Well, of course, my, my, my song that we, we heard there at the start, the Hell Bizarre, uh, the Up the Waz, yes. Up the Waz is, is, a, is a new one that's just circling at the moment, which is an absolute banger. Um, 137 for the Warriors and very well supported. We've had a number of $1,000 bets. Uh, biggest bet on the Warriors so far has been $3,000, uh, which was at $1.43 quote. Uh, around uh, the New Zealand Warriors, Gold Coast Titans. Can't really write a ticket for them, to be honest with you, sitting at $3. But do remember, this could be a sticky game. They did beat the Cowboys last week, and that was off the back of a shellacking against the Roosters. So they have been an up-and-down team, the Titans. Uh, Could this be a sticky one for the Warriors? Let's hope not. Money for the Panthers, 135. Really strong support for them, in fact, against the Melbourne Storm, who had a dangerous price, $3.10. That spells danger for me, even though they're playing the Panthers. We have seen a little bit of money for the Melbourne Storm plus nine and a half, uh, which currently sits at a dollar ninety. I'll just quickly jump to the All Blacks. Uh, they're short on, of course, at a dollar and seven cents. We've heard the team uh, announcement recently, and we've seen some money in the total tries market uh, over seven and a half tries in the match at a dollar sixty-seven. Or if you think the boys can light it up under the roof themselves, 
six or more tries from the All Blacks is currently sitting at a dollar eighty. Well, Jordan's going to get three. Yeah, yeah Shooter Stevenson. He'll, he'll grab a hat trick as well. So, oh, it's going. What a weekend of sport! What a weekend of sport. Pops, you enjoy it. Welcome back. Cheers, mate. Thanks, Daffy. Thanks, buddy. That is uh, Brenda Popova from the TAB. All of those promote. There's so much on offer at the moment. In play, um, lots and lots of markets here. I'm just looking at the main menu. FIFA Women's World Cup, Bledisloe Cup, Nepal World Cup, NRL, NPC. <sighs> Jake Paul against Nate Diaz, if you fancy. No, thanks. Um, but big thanks to TAB. Make sure you're 18. Do it responsibly. We'll find out what's making news after this short break. Gee, we've got a lineup at SCNZ that would terrify any NRL defence. Izzy, Kempe, Kirst, Beaver, Staffy, Clado, Smithy. Nope, no thank you. Hurry into Chemist Warehouse and save on big brands like Cetaphil Gentle Skin Cleanse or Moisturising Lotion, 1 litre, $26.99 or Sanderson High Absorption Organic Magnesium FX 120 Tablets, $16.99. Chemist Warehouse, great savings every day. Bailey's latest additional rural insight is out now. Blending market sales insights from Bailey's country experts across rural... Getting you through the day like a hot cuppa after lunch. You're listening to Afternoons with Staffy on SENZ. Ladies and gentlemen, I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story. And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. What's making news around the world? Uh, what's making news around the world? Um, actually, our roving reporter, Ken's just advised me Patrick Tuipolotu was back in round two of the NPC. Thank just you. Just ask Stephen McIver. He, uh, him and Patty are great mates. And he probably knows the answer to it. Hey, buddy. What do you got? Right, what is making news around the world? <clears throat> Mark. Are you going to knock this cold on the head? I don't know. It's been a while. Mm. It's been a while. It's starting to get a sore throat again. So um, let's hope I'm all good for the Warriors tomorrow night against the Gold Coast Titans. Tisians. I, I asked you to uh, name every NRL premier going back from 1998 until today. Maybe we do that one day with the listeners. Could do. They've got to trust that they don't Google it. Four Nigerian stowaways jumped aboard a ship, obviously, in Nigeria. Um, they actually jumped in the rudder of a cargo ship. But don't tell me they got squeezed like a tomato. They survived, Steph. They survived. Um, apparently, they ran out of food and drink on the 10th day, and it says here they survived by drinking seawater. Well, that can't be right, because then you get dehydrated because it's salt water. But anyway, they survived in this rudder, which is very precarious, because, you know, rudder moves around, it's probably sharp, and, you know, you get into a storm, and all of a sudden it's crashing up underneath it. But they survived the four Nigerians. The only caveat is that they thought they had jumped on a boat that was going to Europe, and given that they're in Nigeria, it's probably only going to take three or four days. Um, Instead, they landed up in Brazil uh, after about three weeks. So... uh, yeah, they got found. They actually, one of them tried to, got so scared after, you know, the da- the journey had dragged on for two weeks that he tried to, like, get caught, tried to, like, bang the hull and sort of make it known that they were there so that someone would stop the boat and come and see them. Uh, but instead, they got them when they were in Brazil and uh, they're seeking asylum in Brazil. Uh, two of them are going to stay in the Brazil and the other two are like, nah, actually, I'm keen to go back home to Nigeria. So can you put us on the next boat out of here? Where's another rudder to jump onto? Um Little lesson to you, though. Always know where you're heading before you jump mm. aboard anything like that. Um, Check the gate departure. Back to the human bears in the Chinese zoo. Oh, and, it's uh, a story that keeps giving. Dr. Ashley Marshall from Chester Zoo in the UK. She's an expert. 
And she's hit back at the human in the suit myth, saying it's definitely real. In an interview with the BBC, she explained that the Sunbear's saggy skin that we've seen in the photos is actually a defence mechanism, saying that it helps them quickly turn around in their skin when uh, attacked from behind. Because oh. they don't have to sort of move the whole thing, they just go... Whoosh. And the, the saggy skin allows a, a quick movement. Um, she did specify that often those bears in particular do a, look a lot like humans when they stand up on their hind legs. So um, she sort of sympathises with mm. some of the accusations, but she has shut them down. So there's an expert's opinion. Steph, I know I've been mm. talking a lot about it, but there's <clears> an expert's opinion just so you can put that one to bed. Uh, Dean, if you're listening, we can see you calling, but Sam can't answer the phone because he's reading what's making news. Yeah, so, and um, maybe... Hold off. Maybe he's ringing to criticise us about the sort of topics we cover off on this show. Um, this is great, Steph. Danish Globetrotter uh, Torben Thor Peterson. He calls himself Thor. Of course you do if you come from those that area of the world. Although I thought it was Norway. Yeah, Norse Norway's mythology. Thor. Yeah. Anyway, he's from Dan- Danish, Denmark. Um, he spent 10 years, get this, he spent 10 years going to every single country in the world mm. without flying or returning home. Wow. So he spent um, his rules, here are his rules, right? 24 hours minimum in each nation, budget of $20 a day, and could not return home until the challenge was finished. He left uh, on the 24th of May, 10 years ago. Where did he start, um, sorry? In his home country, in Denmark. Denmark, right. yeah. Um, so he finished his uh, 203rd and final country on the list. Um, he's a goodwill ambassador of the Danish Red Cross, uh, Cross and can now boast a killer track, a travel track record would put many of us to shame. Um, 3,576 days, 379 container ships, hopefully not the rudder, 158 trains, 351 buses, 219 taxis, 33 boats and 43 rickshaws, tallying up a staggering 223,000 miles in all, which is close to 500,000 k's, isn't it? Now, the one challenge of all of this, of course, was over the last couple of years with COVID, um, where he was actually trapped in Hong Kong for two years because he couldn't get out. 20 bucks a day. Yeah, but he was there for two years. So really, he did the whole thing in eight years. It was just COVID extended it out, which is quite interesting. Mm. Now, did you see the video of Cardi B? And I know you don't know who Cardi B is, but she's a singer. And did you see the video of a fan? It's become very common recently for fans to throw things on the stage. I did see this. So Drake got thrown a bra on stage. Taylor Swift gets thrown stuff all the time. Cardi B, who's supposedly very famous, was throwing uh, a cell phone, I believe, on stage. Was it a cell phone? No, she, it was a, no, no. She it was threw a her cup microphone. Of water. Oh, was it a cup of water cup or of a beer water. or so? So she, something got thrown at her. She got so mad that she grabbed her microphone and threw it into the crowd. Now, the person that it hit is actually filing for an assault charge against her, as they do in America. She hit um, the wrong one. But yeah. guess what, Steph? Guess what's happened to the microphone? It's on eBay. Correct. <laughs> Started at five hundred bucks, currently up to twenty five thousand three hundred. It originally costs a thousand bucks, so you're overpaying for that. Although, should it go to a trial, should something happen, it might be quite a worthy investment. To be sure, um, to be sure. Yeah, it is a sure microphone. Yeah, and I think it's an SM58, which are not that expensive. It says a thousand bucks. SM58 to about three hundred and fifty. Maybe it's a more expensive model. Um, but there you go. Pays to get hit by a microphone, or at least pick it up. Fact for you, and I can do it before the break now because I've given myself plenty of time. Good. Um, I'm a big space fan, you know that. Yes. Um, the Challenger disaster in 1986, very harrowing. I watched the Netflix doc I want it, and it's always scary when you see it uh, replayed back. This is the, the space shuttle that um, exploded in the sky. Now, when it exploded, they quickly tried to recover as much of the debris as they could. That's how they sort of investigate and understand what happened. During the um, 
search for the debris, they discovered 13 shipwrecks, two lost airplanes, a floating duffel bag that contained a substantial amount of high-quality cocaine. <laughs> and after being turned over to the Coast Guard, its street value was reported to be at about 13 mil, just enough to pay for the entire effort, the, the entire search effort. <laughs> I don't know if they, they sold it off, but it was there if they wanted to. Wow. Yeah. There you go. Good fact. Good fact. Thanks, mate. Uh, lots of good texts, too. We'll get to those before the news. Helping you tune out your annoying workmate. You're listening to Afternoons with Staffy on SENZ. Uh, text messages have come in. Blackhead has done his calf again in training, apparently. Thank you, Ken. Uh, Staffy, what do people see about Christie that I don't? I just feel against the big teams he gets dominated and Roygaard brings a bit of size. I still feel Weber is one of the hardest done by. Cheers. Uh, Brent the Arborist from Tauranga. <laughs> Need your trees done? Google Brent, Arborist, Tauranga. Staff, what the hell? Players not at a World Cup would get into any team. It's a shame they won't be there. Yes, some of the New Zealand players that aren't going to go probably would. Um, Staff, there might be an old name pop up for the World Cup on Monday. Many out, outside Auckland will be pointing fingers. Oh, Akira? Hoskins? Are the only two I could think of. Uh, hey, Staffy, I would have liked to see Jacobson start. We know what Artie can do. Would have liked to see Bodie given a start at 10. DMAC and Artie off the bench. The back three looks awesome. And it's good to see Scott Barrett given a rest. Thank you, Darren. Uh, Mark Tukey. <laughs> Tukey. Damien from a very sunny Oamaru. I love Oamaru. Oh, some good towns in the South Island. Richard Nola had that exact starting 15 on stuff at 5 o'clock this morning. Uh, not by accident, I reckon. Not by accident. Uh, hey, Staffy, has Sean Stevenson only got a run because of all the league interest in him? Could this be his only chance? Maybe. <laughs> I hope that's not the reason. I think he's well worth it. Speaking of microphones, we've had to cancel our meeting for the uh, autopsy supporters night. It was open mic night too. I'm going to have to read that again. Don't get it. Tony Johnson after the news. Getting you through your workday one hour at a time. This is Afternoons with Staffy on SENZ. Welcome back in, team. For those that um, hadn't caught up with the news about the, the All Blacks team, um, it has been named Sean Stevenson uh, debuts, Sam Penny Finout debuts, and Dallas McLeod debuts off the bench. Surely he will get on, so three potential debutants there for the All Blacks. Joining us now, Sky Sports Rugby Mad, Tony Johnson joins us. TJ, welcome in. Your initial reaction? Yeah, um... It's still a strong team, 
but he's given a chance for some players. I guess some players really need a chance to prove uh, that they're going to be all right for the World Cup. Uh, you know, important to say for Lester Fanga Anuku to come back and, and show that he's in form. Obviously, uh, they go back a little bit towards the game in Argentina. Uh, Damien McKenzie playing 10. I, I think it's great uh, to see Will Jordan uh, starting a test at fullback, and that means an opportunity, a, a deserved opportunity for, for Sean Stevenson. But even with the changes, I mean, there's still a pretty strong core to this team when you look at uh, you know the fact that Sam Kane's back, Artie Sabi is there, Whitelock and Retallick, uh, they've played a few tests together. Um, you know, so it's still a strong team, and and that charged with keeping the momentum going uh, leading into the World Cup, as well as obviously uh, looking at the, the greater needs of the squad and giving game time. Uh, to some of the players who haven't had a lot in the last few weeks. Do we feel that there are some players perhaps playing for inclusion in the World Cup squad at this late piece? Do you feel like Sean Stevenson could do enough to make a World Cup squad? Well, obviously there's some doubts over the fitness of... Muni Narawa has got a, uh, a back injury that I imagine is causing a bit of concern. Leicester Fainga Anuka coming back from an injury, and as I say, he'll, he'll need to prove his form. And, and Sean Stevenson just gets a chance to, to, to feel what it's like uh, playing for the Olympics. And as I say, he deserves it. Uh, he was brilliant throughout uh, Super Rugby. He's made big improvements to his game. And he's the sort of guy, you know, if someone, uh, heaven forbid, goes down with an injury, even if he doesn't make the World Cup squad, he's a guy who would have to be, you know, one of the first cabs off the rank if there's an injury in the back three. Um, I think for a guy like Sammy Penny Finau, um, who has been mightily impressive, Mm. uh, a chance for him because, you know, one of the bright spots of this winter has been the way Shannon Frizzell has taken that uh, number six jersey, and I'm hearing too that uh, Ethan Blackadder, who I think you know, obviously uh, his early form this year, a lot of people would have had him penned in for the uh, World Cup squad, but apparently uh, he's hurt his calf in a preseason game for Tasman, and is going to be out for uh, probably another four weeks. So that would make him very borderline uh, if they were even looking at him to come back in, into the side for the World Cup. So. Uh, Here's the chance for Sam Penny uh, Finau to show. And and, and in many ways, similarities with Shannon Frizzell, big, strong, hit very hard in the tackle, uh, you know, very good ball carrier and and a ball winner as well. So it's going to be exciting to see how he takes to, you know, takes on this challenge. I was particularly interested who got the nine jersey this weekend, thinking maybe Aaron Smith will get it because it's his last game in New Zealand and it's at his Super Rugby home ground. Do they want to have a look at Finlay Christie? Do they want to see how Cam Roygaard starts? How do we read Christie starts Smith on the bench? Well, I think there's, a, a, a you know, obviously a need to give Finlay Christie some you know, a game type, because who knows, you know, you come to the World Cup, he will start games at the World Cup. And I like that combination with him and Damian McKenzie, uh, you know, rapid fire stuff that if they can get some good front football will really keep the Australian defence guessing. Uh, and, and it means, I suppose, too, that, that um, the, you know, all-black career at or in front of the need and faithful for Aaron Smith will or should um, by you know, end with him walking off the field at the end of a test match, which is, is quite nice in a way. They, there would have been a temptation to, to start him, and there would have been a, a strong temptation too to give Cameron Roygaard uh, some game time as well, because he was very impressive uh, against Australia in the first game as well. But no, they 
I think that you know the greater need is, is Christie probably needs a start, and, and Smith deserves to finish. Yes, so the makeup, the the level of importance of this game to the the World Cup selections. Do you think, apart from the ones I've maybe mentioned, do you, do you think someone may be playing for a World Cup spot? Because I sort of mentioned in the last hour, I feel like I'd be very surprised the Foster and Co didn't have thirty one, maybe even thirty two names penned in ink, barring injury. Oh yeah, I think so. If you if you get to this point and you don't have a pretty good idea who your 33 players are, uh, then probably a few things have gone wrong. So yeah, I think it's more about preparation. The other thing, let's not forget, this This is a, a Bledisloe Cup test. Yes, the Bledisloe Cup's been put away, but it's still a test match. They'll still want to win it, and they will, re- they will know too that you don't want to hand anything back to Australia that they lost in the first one. Um, you don't want to give them any momentum uh, because there's, you know, there is a chance that they will could meet in the, in, in the crossover stages of the World Cup. Just a, another interesting aside, I've, I'm, I'm doing the Tasman Otago game this weekend. I see David Havili mm. will be playing wearing the number 12 jersey for the Marco. And, and of course, uh, you know, they really like his uh, ability in terms of his versatility, is able to play, you know, two or three different positions. Uh, he's a good thinking sort of a player. And so I, I guess, you know, you might have a situation there where. You're resting Geordie Barrett. You're resting Rico Ioane. There's a ring around them going. Uh, you, you have to think that uh, Anton Leonard Brown is a lock-in, and so Braden Ennell is a player. You know, with with David Havili coming back into rugby this weekend, good opportunity for him just to cement a place on the side as well. Because I, I just can't see them taking five midfield backs. Is there any way? And we've had a lot of feedback about this. Can you see any way that Brad Weber makes the World Cup? Squad? Uh, not unless there's an injury. I, th- I think they've, they've they've pretty much made it, you know, pretty clear who their top three are. Mm. Um, and Roy Gard, you know, just we saw enough of him last week, and he brings something a bit different. He brings that that left boot, and and he's a big, strong fellow for a halfback. No, I, I think the die might be pretty well cast there. And Brad Weber um, would would be reliant on on an injury uh, if he was to come back. You've just touched on the NPC, and I want to dive into that, TJ. I've been frothing this for weeks and weeks. I absolutely love it. And it kicks off uh, tomorrow, I was going to say evening, but it's sort of still afternoon at 5.30, Tasman Otago. And what a team Tasman are putting on the field. Well, it's funny. I, I was thinking that as I was writing the team out. And obviously, that you know, one of the first names that catches the eye is David Havili back. Uh, Tom Marshall is also back from overseas. He's been away, I think, six, seven years. He played in Gloucester, a couple of seasons in in Japan. He comes back and and, and at the age of 33, finally brings up his 50th. (laughs) But yeah, Tava Tava Noai, Springer, Almua, Havili, uh, you know, all uh, had good seasons in Super Rugby. Uh, And then you go in the forward pack, you know, Parkinson, Strange, Segna, Hugh Renton. uh, And they've also picked up uh, Filiki Kaitu from the Western Force, a former Wallaby. So, yep, they look strong. And then I look at the Otago team and, yep, there are some new faces there, as we always expect a debut for half a dozen players. But Waisaki Nahulu is Mm. back. Um, And and he and Jonah Nareki, what a a potent uh, wing duo that'll be. Uh, and and their forward pack they're pretty well off. If you know Josh Dixon's actually going to play on the blind side because they've got Tucker and Holland at lot. So uh, this is this will be a good game to kick things off. Um, the other thing too about um, 
you know, just looking through some of the teams um, this weekend, we've got um, Bay of Plenty against Auckland. That's for the John Drake boot, so that means obviously a lot personally. Uh, but uh, John R. Foer, uh, who, was a, who was mentored by John Drake early on in his career, turning out for Bay of Plenty this year, and uh, also Auckland, you know, Angus Tarval coming back from injury, Roger Tui Vasashek looking, you know, he's, he's stuck with rugby to finish the season off. So, that, you know, there's some, some real quality there. And, and you look all around, and you, and you see I mentioned uh, Waisaki Naholo. Um, Jimmy Tupo's back for Counties Manukau. I think uh, Asi Tuala and uh, Tony Pulu also in their squad as well. So, you know, there's, there's quite a lot of um, talent coming back into the country sort of at the tail end of their careers, which has kind of reversed what used to happen. Yeah, and I think Brad Shields is back for Wellington. Yep, that's right. Yep, yeah, mm. there's another name uh, that that uh, was, was mentioned as well, and uh, I, I tell you who else uh, um, is, is in that Wellington squad is Akira Yudemir, Alama's son, uh, who's been wow. apparently uh, could have been a, a really great volleyball player. Um, so yeah, look, there, there's uh, uh, there's always a bit of a fascination about uh, you know the NPC, and you sit down and you look at the teams for the first time, you think, well, who's in, who's gone obviously, um, but what it says to me is that there will be players uh, this weekend even who will be pretty keen to turn on a, a good performance because, you know, there is a chance that they'll be part of the all-black picture. Mm. It was interesting, TJ. I went to the pre-season <clears throat> games in Taupo last Friday. I went down to support my Manawatu boys against Bay of Plenty and I saw John Ifoa in the Bay of Plenty strip. They lost their tight head prop season-ended in- injury in that game and they were going around asking the other coaches because Waikato and Hawke's Bay were there as well saying, have you got any spare props? If you can get any spare props? And the, the, props an issue in New Zealand, trying to find props. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, it, it just something, perhaps a bit of an imbalance. And I mean, I mean, you look at Tasman, you mentioned how strong, I mean, they start with Martinga and Sykes-Martin, but they've got uh, Artu Morley, who's a, a you know, mm. five-test all-black, and Ryan Coxon, who uh, is not exactly a newcomer coming off the bench. So, yeah, just a, all it takes is a, a couple of injuries and it can cause a bit of chaos. Um, and I think the other thing, too, is that some of the teams will be looking at, OK, uh, if, if some borderline selections. Does he make the All Blacks, mm. or if he doesn't make the All Blacks, how does that affect our our salary cap? And you know, can we afford to sort of start looking somewhere else for a player? Uh, it's it's a bit of a juggling act, but you know, just just looking across the board at the teams, I, I think the standard um, is going to be pretty good this year. Auckland looks strong, TJ. When you've got the likes of Heem and Plummer and two of us are Sheik Yawani, um, boy, they've got some they've got some cavalry in their squads. Yeah, and and at some point, I think uh, Paddy Tuipulotu, uh, I you know could well week could two. Well I'm done. hearing week two. Sorry, round week two. two. Well, yeah, yeah, yep. and uh, you know that again. That, that that's another name that's still very much in the All Black frame as well. So yeah, um, look, it's a time of year I love Staffy. Me too. Uh, it, it's a time of year where I you know lucky enough to go and visit some some really good parts of the country and and um, sit amongst good rugby people and and just joy enjoy um a, a competition that obviously threatens to be played in the, the the shadow of the bigger picture of the world cup but i would just urge people and the other great thing i like about it too mate is um and it's partly to do with the fifa world cup 
But I know a lot of the unions are taking games away from their traditional venues. Like, mm. uh, for example, the Auckland Waikato game is going to be played at Bell Park in Pakoranga, the backyard blitz, they're calling it. And they're going to have <laughs> the food trucks there and, and all sorts going on. Uh, I think uh, North Harbour are taking games, a couple of games back to Oniwata, Maine. Uh, and I, I know I've got one of those. Thank goodness they pulled down that old bloody tower and platform that they used to have. There. You take your life in your hands when you. Uh, Osh would never have it these days. Um, and I think uh, I think Wellington taking a couple of games to the Hut Wreck, or at least one game to the Hut Wreck. So, I mean, I think that that's that's a great thing. And and you know, depending on how well those games are supported, it could catch on. Yeah, the the funny thing is, uh, the rugby union have been forced to do something the public have been asking for for a long time: more boutique stadium yeah. feel. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Um, it, it, as I say, you know, the upside of it, 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 it might catch up. That depends on how well people support it. If that's what you want, we'll go to the games, show the rugby union. Yep, we like this. Mm, absolutely, up to the public to support it, which I will always do till my dying day. TJ, always good to catch up with you. Thursday, enjoy the test match, but oh, enjoy those Tasman boys, mate. I know you will. Okay, mate. Cheers, Dad. Cheers, buddy. There he is Tony Johnson out of Sky Sport. We'll come back after a break. Getting you through the day like a hot cuppa after lunch. You're listening to Afternoons with Staffy on SENZ. Some Punjabi MC there for you. Thanks to uh, Dylan Patel, great listener who uh, texted in asking for that. Don't don't be afraid to. Uh, what's that, Sammy? Oh, Jeff texted in. Jeff texted in. Uh, if you want a song to come out of news and ads or ad breaks, you just text them in. Sammy will get it up. Uh, we're joined now by our international football correspondent, who's just been around the globe, Casey Beria. Yesterday, downtrodden, downtrodden. Um, Lost your energy for the World Cup because of the United States national women's team. Are you on the improve? Are you there yet? I'm getting there. I'm a little bit off the ledge today. I feel a little bit better, um, especially after last night watching Brazil end up not going through. I, in Italy as well, I feel a little bit better about the U.S. at least advancing. So not all is lost here. But um, yeah, give me a couple more days and then I'll be ready to rock and roll. <laughs> there was a spectacular goal last night from Panama. Yes, Marta amazing, Cox. unbelievable. I had actually I had turned on the Jamaica Brazil match, which started at the same time as Panama France, because there was a few more implications going on in the other match. And the commentators not long after said, "And we have a goal for Panama, and they've gone up one zero over France." And at that point, France was no longer through with that result. So I switched over and saw the highlights, and holy, it was <laughs> unbelievable. It was uh, yeah, one probably the best goal of the tournament, I'd say. Me too. Um, look, times again us. I want to get into, we got one group yet to be decided. Yes. Colombia lead on six points, Germany three, Morocco three, South Korea duck egg. Colombia are through if they draw, am I correct? Yes. Yep. South Korea can't go through. Nope. So it's now Germany, Morocco. What does this jigsaw look like for you? Yeah, I, I actually think Colombia might end up topping this group, um, which is 
a bit wild, and I don't think anybody would have um, thought that going into it. Korea and Germany would have been the two you would have thought to go through with Germany at the top. Right now, if Colombia does finish first and Germany second, we'll see the Germany-France matchup in the round of 16, which are two sides that could win this whole thing. So it's a shame they're meeting so early, but look, to win the whole thing, you got to beat the best. So, yeah. You've followed this tournament, or previous iterations of this tournament all along. Is this the most open? 100%, which is awesome because this is the first year that we've had 32 teams. Um, all the World Cups before have only had 24, and there was chatter before, you know, like, are there going to be more blowouts? The teams aren't good enough to rise to this occasion. Like, I don't know if adding eight more teams is the best idea, but this is the closest it's ever been. You saw last night with Jamaica advancing, um, knocking out Brazil, uh, South Africa, um, beating Italy to advance in the, in the dying moments of that match. Um, I mean, you have these small nations. Jamaica had to do a GoFundMe page to raise money to get here because their federation doesn't support them, and now they're into the round of 16. Wow. I mean, it's... It's called cool. all over again. It is. Yeah, man. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, Sweden looking pretty good, Casey? Yes, Sam, they are. Thank you. I Who didn't have pay... they got next? The United States of America. Oh, oh, oh okay. Well, I didn't watch... Well, I mean, I'd be worried. I mean, yeah, I mean, I would be lying if I said I wasn't worried. I definitely am worried. I think the whole fan base is worried. They're underdogs too at the TAB. Sweden. Sweden is? Yeah. Mm. Oh. $3.20 or something. Three fifty. Three fifty. Yeah, and USA Bargain. national women's team are uh, $2. Everyone's still holding out hope um, that we're going to see the US of old. Are they going to be forced into personnel changes, game strategy changes? Will the t- team take over the coach and say, no, we're going to play this way? <laughs> I've seen so many people ask, can you fire a coach in the middle of a World Cup? <laughs> um, I don't think that's actually possible. I mean, I'm sure anything it really is. But look, Vlatko is a super conservative coach. He doesn't like to make any big overhaul changes, especially not in the middle of a World Cup. But I think the team needs a little bit of shaking up, um, whether it's personnel whether it's formation, we haven't really made any changes whatsoever. Like, we haven't adjusted to any other team's formation to try to, yeah, just find gaps or figure out what might work best. But uh, I, Rose Lavelle, who was arguably our best player against Portugal the other night, is on two yellows and can't play against Sweden, which is a massive loss. So he'll be forced into some changes, actually. Um, you've changed the prices of bookmakers around the world on Japan. Um, <laughs> they opened the tournament at 41. They heard that you fancied them, so they went to 21. You gave it out publicly at 21. They went out and won, I think it was 4-0 or something. They're now 950. Can Japan go all the way? Because we need teams to get behind here in New Zealand now that our football fans are out. They're such a likable team. They're fun to watch. Uh, they have the biggest smiles on their faces. They're so interactive and grateful and appreciative to their fans. And I think everybody sees those photos after they leave the locker room. It's like so clean. I mean, they have their supporters in the stands picking up the trash after everybody goes as well. I mean, you can't not like <laughs> the Japanese. Um, and they play a yeah, beautiful brand of football. So yeah, I would. I'd get behind them for sure. They. They'll be playing their knockout rounds in New Zealand, so um, I think they might play one match in Aussie, but come over here for quarters and semis, etc. Uh, but yeah, get behind the Japanese unless they're playing the US. The team I'm getting, <laughs> yeah, team I'm getting behind is the Netherlands, uh, just because, because their last goal, that girl I talked to you about yeah. that got those two goals, I was just, they are good to watch. Yeah, they had some really impressive goals the other night, um, and yeah, I, I don't want to mispronounce her last name. It's like. 
brooch or something like that. But the, yeah, the young girl with the the braids had two bangers from outside the 18, just top ends. Oh, yeah, so good. Casey, all the best for this weekend. Thank you. Hey, what, like, don't want to get into your head here, but hypothetically, <laughs> if the US lose, what sort of fallout will that have, like, with the fans and, and back home in the US? It's it's hard to know. We haven't seen it in a while. I mean, I guess the Olympics, it was a disappointment in the sense that um, we finished third. We didn't make it to the finals. Um, I think we've been in the finals. You might have to fact check me, but at least every one since 2011. Um, so it'll have been a really long time. It'll be a kind of a shock to the system, and I think it'll look or force everybody to kind of look inwards, especially U.S. soccer, um, development pathways, that sort of thing. And, you know, you probably first look to the coach and – make decisions there but yeah it'll be from the the ground up uh, questions being asked oh, the heat will be on that coach at the moment man like all blacks like, like losing Ian a world Foster cup last level. year yeah losing to ireland losing to argentina the heat's on them isn't it it is i mean yeah com- comparatively to the all blacks this is the team that the country looks to to win <laughs> and when they're not winning something's going wrong so mm. yeah pressure's on <sighs> good to see you're a little bit better than yesterday and i know tomorrow you'll be a bit better again yeah, every I day believe that we will win. I believe that we will win. I believe that we will win. I might wear my USA shirt on. When is it? Sunday. It's Sunday, oh, yeah, Sunday. I'll wear it on Monday if they win. God knows what sort of case you were going to talk to on Monday. <laughs> oh, my. <laughs> Stay oh, tuned. Uh, if you USA, might be deported. I tell you what, if USA <laughs> lose to Sweden, I'm taking the week off. <laughs> Me too. All right. <laughs> what if they win? We'll take the week off as well. I'll take the week off All as right. well. I got the week yeah. off next week. Uh, we'll take new sport and weather. Uh, should we do oh, – well, we'll juggle the order, Sammy. If you oh. want to play Show Me the Money, call 0800 150 immediately, four-leg multi. Sweden over USA, perhaps you might take, or the USA over Sweden. Me, Sam, in fact, we'll get Casey to stay here. She can be the fourth leg. Fair, Sam? That's fair. Quick two-minute break. Show me the money. 0800 150 811. Show you the money. That's so good. Show me the money. Show me the money. I need to feel you, Jerry. Show me the money. Jerry, you better yell. Show me the money. Well, show me the money time, and we've kept our international football correspondent, Casey Berry, in studio to make her pick the one she feels most likely in the FIFA Women's World Cup. But Sammy is holding up finger number one. He has spun the wheel. So Mark from Christchurch joins us. G'day, Mark. Hey, guys, Stephen. Very well, champion. I tell you what, do you want to go first or last? Uh, last, please, mate. Last it is. I'm going to go first, Sam. Very untraditional. Very untraditional for me. I'm going into the New Zealand Bunnings MPC. Mm -hmm. I am going 5.35 tomorrow evening. Mm -hmm. Tasman versus Otago. Mm -hmm. Tasman 13 plus $2.15. Show me the money. Show me the money. It's tasty. It's tasty. Casey Beria, should we go to you? Yes. Stick with my tips from before. Um, we'll go Japan over Norway Saturday night. Head to head. Head to head. Dollar seventy two. Show me. Ah, yeah, there it is. Just had to keep you waiting. Just had to keep you on your toes. Uh, so we're, we're averaging two dollars. So we're at about four here. Warriors, Sam, pushing the boat out, boys. Anytime pushing for the us boat out. Let's go. Roger two of us this week. Warriors, Titans. Eight o'clock tomorrow night. Live commentary here on ECNZ. Kick off at eight pm. Sam Hewitt, Black Edge. Right edge. Right, right edge. edge. Oh, that's an edge word. For the Warriors, uh, very strong. Maratha Niakore 
um, going up against Kieran Foran, who likes to just slide a little bit too early and pull the centre out of position, and that is just prime territory for, for Nia Corday. Or I'd take anyone on that right edge, uh, which is Rocco Berry, DWZ. But I'm going to go Murata because he's paying four bucks fifty, and that's going to really show me the money. G up the multi. So uh, that is me, Murata Nia Corday. Anytime try score against the Titans. Let's go, Mark. Mark Christchurch. Can I take a horse? Of course you can. Of course you can. Right. As long as there's some fixed odds available. So which meeting are you looking at? Um, Melbourne on Saturday. Stand by, stand by. Melbourne on Saturday is Flemington, yes? Race? Yep. Race, nine. race nine. Race nine at 6.30, yes? Number nine. Poland. To win. Five dollars. Oh yeah, Mike Maroney, Blake oh, Shin. Uh, how, where's that all come from, uh, Mark? Have you been handed the tip from somebody else, or is that when just they said Poland, they they didn't mean the World Cup. I, I had a I had a look. It's the only horse Mike Maroney's got at the meeting, so I'm thinking ah, he's not going to take it there for nothing. <laughs> they don't take it there by accident. Well, I tell you what, uh, Mark, we throw that into the multi, and we've got eighty-three dollars and twenty cents on the odds. Uh, put a fifty-dollar multi on it, thanks to the TAB. We come out at four thousand one hundred and ten dollars and twenty-five cents. Show me the money! <laughs> Oh! Might put that uh, horse into another multi I've got going on there, Mark. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, drawn 11 over the 1,400 metre trip. That's not down the chute, Flemington. They've got a corner to go around. Nah. Yeah. Oh, well, 56. Ran second last start. Look at you go. Look at you go. All right. We wish you all the very best, buddy. <laughs> Thanks very much, Steph. Thanks, mate. Mark from Christchurch. I wonder, if that's that Mark, I wonder if that's Mark from Christchurch that I used to work at somewhere with. He loved his horses. No, he is more harness. He would have taken a harness horse. Anyway, that's our four-leg multi. <sighs> Happy with that, Casey? Be part of a 4,000 collect for Mark from Christchurch? Yeah, well, do I get some of it? <laughs> it's up to Mark. Oh, okay. Well, it's normally an unwritten agreement, scones at least, on the Monday. Right, I'll have them in and, yeah. Scones at least. All right, um, we've got time for pacing for purpose. Sam, while you're texting, um, should be working. Don't text while you drive. The producer's desk, please, Sam. Well, I actually wanted to do it before the news, Mark, so, you know, if you want to play, play that game. Let's do it now. It's Harness Racing New Zealand, pacing for purpose, season two. Thanks, Casey. Thanks, Casey. Thanks, Casey. You can leave now. We don't need you anymore. Unless you want to pick a horse. Looking much happier in herself today than she was. I, think, I, don't I was yeah. concerned about it. Instilled a bit of confidence as well, just ourselves. Mm. Part of being mo- motivation. Yes, that's who we're raising money for. And we got a winner last week, Sam. We did. Um, it got about 100 bucks for us, I think. Yeah. Uh, we're going to go to Auckland tonight. Race Ooh. six, number four. Oh, yeah. that was quick. I didn't even get to choose it. Race six, number four, Hugo Tastic, in that two dollar seventy range. Opened three thirty, now two seventy. I hope you got it at three thirty, Sam. I am assuming I did. Actually, I think I watched that race last start. I did watch that race last start. Three starts for a win, a second, and a third. Let's make it two wins out of two. Let's let's go get some money in the bank for old Butterbean. We're doing pretty well. We're, we're behind, but we're within touching distance. No, it's say. not whether you win or lose this. It's about raising money for Dave Latelli and the Butterbean Innovation and Correct. his food but banks. But we do also like to win again. We do like to win because we're competitive. Do you like to win the chase? Is that next, Sam? If you want to play the chase, you can do that now. 
Bradley Walsh standing by. He's picked up his phone and he's texting again. 0800-150-811. Give us a call. Bradley Walsh will answer and he will be Quizmaster. Give us a yell. It's been a while, actually. It's been a couple of weeks since we played this staff. Yeah, I haven't played for a couple of weeks. No, and then we didn't play last week. We had the uh, football on in the Women's World Cup. And we've got Simon on the line from Auckland. Simon, welcome in. How you going, boys? We're good. We're good. Have you played the chase before, Simon? Oh, yeah, a long time ago, though. How'd you fear? <laughs> Did you win? Not too bad, I think. I can't remember, actually. Well, you, you didn't win if you can't remember. <laughs> you'd remember You'd remember that, Simon, I tell you that. All right, my friend, you know how it works. 60 seconds on the clock, 60 seconds to answer as many sporting questions as you can. If you pass, I'll move on straight away. If you get one wrong, I'll give you the right answer, all right? Yep. Set A or set B? I'll go B today. Okay, interesting choice, interesting selection. We are going to put 60 seconds on your timer. Simon, your time will start in three, two. One. Who captained the All Blacks against the Wallabies and Bledisloe won last weekend? Uh, pass. How many NRL competition points do the Warriors currently sit on? Oh, 28. Sure. 30. The Blaze are a New Zealand domestic cricket team from which city? Wellington. Correct. Name two teams that were in New Zealand's pool at the Women's World Cup. Pass. Which NBA team does Kevin Durant play for? Uh, Phoenix Suns. Correct. Flushing Meadows is associated with which major sporting event? US Tennis Open. Correct. Which ground is hosting the second Bledisloe Cup test this weekend? Um, Benidin. Name um, of the ground? Also, Correct. Isaac Targo plays for which NRL team? Penrith. Correct. Who took the most wickets for Australia in this year's Ashes series? Um, Mitchell Stark. Correct. Who is captain of the Silver Ferns at the World Cup in South Africa? Uh, Correct. What number jersey does a tight head prop typically wear? Uh, three. Correct. Who is manager of Tottenham Hotspur? Um, and possibly. Correct! What a finish! What a finish, Simon! What a terrible start and a great oh, finish. Oh, he's storm time. we got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, staff. We haven't had a nine in a long time. You'd be kicking yourself with Artie Savia, the captain, last week, Simon. You should have got that one. Yeah, I know. It didn't come to me straight away, so I passed. Got close with the Warriors. They were on 30 points, and you missed out on uh, Norway, Philippines, or Switzerland. Those were any of the yeah, other three teams in New Zealand's pool. So, Steph, you have nine to catch, and I'm worried for you. I'm worried for <laughs> you, mate. You're worried for yeah, me. I am. In fact, I hope I've got <laughs> enough questions for you, too. Um, so what we'll do is we'll put 60 seconds on your clock, Mark. Nine to catch. Your time will start in three, two. One. Brody Retallick plays for which NPC team? Hawks Bay. Correct. Reese Robson plays for which NRL team? Cowboys. Correct. How many teams are in Major League Cricket? Six. Correct. Who is the captain of the football ferns at the World Cup? Ellie Riley. I'll accept that. When did Rory McIlroy last win a major? 2016. Stop the clock. When did Rory McIlroy last win a major? Simon? Was it 14? Wow, it's hard. Staff is on four, now back to three. Uh, Ali Rai, Rhea Percival, I would have accepted as well as one of the captains, co-captains. All right, your time, you're on three, Staff, six to catch. Your time will start again in three, two, one. Kirk Cousins is a quarterback for which NFL team? Vikings. Correct. Who did the All Blacks play in the opening match of the 2019 Rugby World Cup? South Africa. Correct. Who did the Warriors play in the last game of the NRL regular season? Dolphins? Correct. New Zealand won the most gold medals in an Olympic Games in what year? 1984. Correct. Who scored the most runs for England in this year's Ashes series? Um, Zach um, Crawley. Correct. Bam Adebayo plays for which NBA team? Pass. Stop the clock. 
I think you're on eight here. So this one might put you back. Bam Adebayo plays for which NBA team, Simon? Uh, Miami Heat. Back to seven, Staff. I think you were on eight. You're back to seven. You've got two to catch. Your time will start again in three, two, one. Who won last year's World Rugby Men's Player of the Year? Josh van der Fleer. Correct. After beating Spain, Zambia and Costa Rica, which women's football team has scored the most goals at the World Cup? Japan. Oh! <laughs> he did it at the death, Simon. Oh, oh Simon. I actually didn't think Japan was going to be that right. That is one of the all-time great chasers oh. on the show. Uh, I just feel gutted for him, Steph. So do what I, an effort. What an effort. You, you sort of stumbled on Zach Crawley. I you bumbled your way through some of the others. Oh, I, I just had to make sure that you've got, you've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, but you got pushed back. So, yeah, you were on eight when you got the Miami Heat one wrong. Mm. Oh, I don't know what wow. to say. I don't know what to say. Simon, I'm exhausted. I'm exhausted. Oh, my. <laughs> that was amazing. Oh, that's what a chase is about, Sammy. That is what it's about. Simon, you call back any time, my friend. <laughs> you call back any time. Make Sam's day. And you'll remember that one, I bet. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Good man, mate. Thank yes, you. Whew. Whew. Sammy, yeah. um, no mercy. Where do you go? It's an absolute banger. Sure. You'll know the I, don't, I don't disagree. Where do you go? Is it that song? Well, we just get you to sing it out, out of the break. I don't know. A uh, couple of texts before we take a break. I'm exhausted, though, but I'll read. Multi for your staff. This is Cam from Cambridge. Two of us are Sheik anytime try scorer. Like it. Sean Stevenson, first try scorer. Or oh, don't know about first. Anytime I'd go. Sean, uh, Sean Johnson, anytime try scorer. Bang, bang. Cam Cambridge. Uh, loving the sound of those smaller grounds for the NPC. Real grassroots feel. How good. Comes from text, finishing in uh, 383. Solid All Blacks team staff. For all the grief last year, good to see that we've got quality depth and people challenging our front line. Excited by the back three. Fingers crossed Stevenson gets picked on Monday so we can have Shooter and Scooter at the World Cup. Great text. Dino, finally, no aliens in the background. Everyone where they should rightfully be. I can see this back three staying for the World Cup. Really looking forward to Saturday now. Ten of us can't wait. Ford Packers okay, but not our best. Good to see Newell back. Also McLeod and Sam Penifinau getting a chance. Awesome team with a midfield finally to unleash the best back three in the country. From Dean, um... Harry says, I think it might be a long day at the office for Otago boys. A very young team versus competition front runners. Harry, that's why I took Tasman 13 plus, not wishing ill of anyone. Uh, hi, staff. The other Mark from Christchurch here. Are you getting mixed up with my mate Wolsey from the TAB? No. Mark Thompson. Mark, I'm trying to think of his name. He, he, he used to own harness horses, used to drive them on the beach for a trainer down there. Mark, I wish I couldn't remember his name, he's a great man, worked for either state insurance or income support, something like that, can't remember. Uh, from Michael in Wellington, great man, Michael. Manawatu versus Wellington Lions this Saturday, bring it on. Bring it on, Michael. I know you're a Lions fan. I'm a Manawatu fan. I know we're up against it, but game one, bit of rust. Bit of rust up the green and whites. We'll go back in the day after this. SENZ, it's Kiwi for sport. Getting you through the day like a hot cuppa after lunch. You're listening to Afternoons with Staffy on SENZ.
here's what happened back in the day. August the 3rd, and we go all the way back to 1921, where Commissioner Kennesaw Mountain Landis issued lifetime bans for seven former Chicago White Sox players accused of throwing the 1919 World Series. Uh, a lot of good docos on that. A lot of them. Landis was adamant that the players, including legendary Shoeless Joe Jackson, had not told the club of events promptly enough, and they would never be allowed to play professional baseball again. In 1996, on August the 3rd, the opening of the Olympics to professional athletes gave five-time Tour de France winner Miguel Indurain, Big Mig, the opportunity to compete for Spain in Atlanta. And Indurain was convinced to ride by compatriot and President Juan Antonio Samaranch. He took the gold medal in the 52.2k road time trial, uh, 12 seconds ahead of countryman Abraham Olano. We've got some birthdays today. Oh, 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 oh. Frano Borica turned 60 today. Former All Black and Warrior and Kiwi. Tommy Touchdowns turns 46 today. He's the absolute goat. Uh, Ryan Lochte, American swimmer, turns 39 today. And this big guy turns 38. As McCaw takes it off the back. Now Smith Pruden. Well, popped it up beautifully. Now Williams. And Sonny Bill Williams scores the try. Aaron Smith again. Gets it off to Cruden. Drops the pass back on the inside. Williams has got two. Not bad. Could play code. Sonny Bill Williams. Uh, if you were born on this day in 1980, uh, the number one movie was Caddyshack. And before we play you the song... Um, Retallic place for Bay of Plenty, not Hawke's Bay. As Staffy said, you need to give the guy the win. Oh, I think he plays for Hawke's Bay. I think. Cullum Retallic place for Bay of Plenty. We'll double check that. Entry song tomorrow, Enter Sandman Loud. I'm with you there. Hey, boys. Uh, New Zealand Darts Masters can't find anything. Uh, any betting on the da- da- I can't find anything. I haven't looked. Sorry, mate. That's the end. I've got through all the text messages today. Always one of my goals. Uh, August the 3rd. Back in the day, 1980, this was the number one song. You have to believe we are magic. Nothing can stand in our way. You have to believe we are magic. Don't let your aim ever stray. And if I are survived, destiny. O-N-J, Olivia Newton-John, magic. Uh, big thank you to Sammy Hewitt. Uh, let's do it all again tomorrow. The run home. I can see Kirst, I can see Beef. Enjoy, we'll see you tomorrow.